0: And welcome to another episode of the my fantasy and podcast honestly swear to god every time i press record it takes long to start every time it's going well today so we'll see how this podcast goes we are on episode 72 and we are again joined by a full roster i think we're on the biggest run of a full roster that we've ever had gents so i can't actually remember the last time we didn't um but that means, of course, we are joined by Mr. David Grant, as you've just heard. How are we doing, Dave?
1: <laughs> I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad at all. It's good to uh, it's good to be back amongst uh, the reprobates that we're in, but it's also good to be talking about hockey again. And hockey that's coming up. For so that, just, that, just that sentence alone just sounds great. It's I thought been
0: this was
1: that an long. No, we'll talk about the Jets later on. Um, oh, Sam. But no, it's, uh, it's it's good to be amongst um, everyone. It's, you know, I'm assuming you've got the screenshot where you get two Grefs for the price of one. Oh, that will be going on Instagram. Marvellous. Um, guy, guys and girls, when you listen to this, do check the photo. Gref at his finest.
0: can um, also be found on only Gref.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But no, so, uh, it's great to be around. Uh, great to be talking hockey. Um, yeah, just great to... Uh, Great bat it's it's kind of like another bit of normality just back into things, but not the two, three, four AM finishes that we used to. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we'll not see yet. how long this goes on for. There's plenty of <laughs> time for that, I know, yeah.
0: Obviously, of course, in addition, as that is just said, we are actually joined by two Grefs, but we'll say hello to the one that can actually speak. The toothless wonder. Greff, how are we doing?
2: I'm good, thank you, Joe. How are you about yourself?
0: I don't really know, to be honest, mate. It's a Thursday afternoon and I'm not really sure what's going on. Afternoon? Evening.
1: I, I just, See? Afternoon see. somewhere. I'm going to say, he's taking the 5 K rule somewhere a bit literal there, isn't he? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I've got some cans of Molson's Canadian from B&M and I'm i am happy as Larry, so we'll, we'll crack on with that. All so the brands are
2: uh, available.
0: All the brands are available, that's true. That's true. And last but not least, we are joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing?
3: Uh, Not a problem, thank you. Uh, just uh, knackered. Um, it feels so weird, doesn't it? I mean, I, I forgot what a podcast was. Uh, I know, well, so apparently a
0: podcast weird. is a video on YouTube now, so...
3: Oh, is it? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's moved on, hasn't it?
0: Subtle <laughs> so dig up my own team. Apologies to anybody involved.
1: warrior mode enabled.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant right boys we're gonna roll straight on from this I think um first thing I've got written down is Premier sports deal um go <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Joe, I'll start with I think thank you first of all, it's a three year deal, so let's just look at that bit first of all. the league hasn't had. Apart from potentially BMI, the BMI baby deal, God, a lengthy deal to that degree. It's normally year to year, which is fine. Leagues in niche markets do tend to go year to year, so it's not a, a problem. Um, so to have one that's a three-year deal, a recognised name in the UK for sports, however much people will win bitch and moan on Twitter, it's a recognised name. Um, so, hey, that's good. The, the the longevity of the deal is good and it's not an elite league deal where you can give him two weeks notice. Um, now people will say it's beyond a firewall and we should uh, fire sorry paywall. My apologies. Back to work mode. Um, and we should be looking for like the, the main channels and uh, free. It's not going to happen. And I think I think hockey fans and, and ourselves in in this context that like we kind of still look for the dream of being on BBC Sport beyond the red button. You know. That's not going to happen for a long time. I think the only way our sport will be a regular on the BBC, ITV and all them is when one of the teams, either male or female, make the Winter Games. So let's assume the women get through their Olympic qualifier, that's now in Nottingham and not Korea, and they make it through to, to Beijing. That will be the thing that opens the door. Now, this is what I'm saying the following is not a criticism of the women's team because I know they, the preparation they put in is up there with the men's. The likelihood of that happening is very small. Do you know what? I'll be the first one to champion it and I'll, I'll eat the hat type thing if they do qualify. It'd be great to see them at the Olympics. So, until that happens, for us to have a TV deal that's decent, we need to go behind companies like Premier Sports. You know, like in the old days, Satanta, NASN. It's on the TV. And yes, it's not the recognised names like Sky Sports or BT Sports and all of them. But I guarantee you now, as they've done with all their sports, they're going to they're gonna advertise it. They'll advertise, oh, Elite League Hockey on whatever date it is, so on and so forth. So amongst their market, they will promote the league. So if you add all that into the equation, is that a good deal? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Where do I sign? It is good for the league. It's, again, you know, we get... Aaron um we get Grand Slam, Paul lady um Chris Ellis, and other local journalists you know are good hockey journalists um I'm struggling to see a, a negative in this deal guys um I'll open it up to you all, but yeah,
2: I mean if you're gonna ask certain folk on social media about the negative part. They'll say, "Why is it? Why is my team only got one game or oh, no games? Well, no home games." But have they seen our rin- the rinks that they're in? This includes our own.
0: I enjoyed but, that voice crack.
2: Though. Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea where it came from, but it's going to be a ringtone somewhere. I know, Joe. It's fine. Bring some more entertainment for you. Thank you. Although uh, with the three-year plan, that's great. I mean, it's gonna put oh, well, it's gonna put the Elite League back on the market after what like a, a year, a year off, pretty much. we had well, we had the Elite Series, but that wasn't really everyone in the league. The fact that we're gonna get you get what the Challenge Cup final playoff quarterfinals, the actual playoff final weekend. For people that can't make it, they'll be they'll all be on there as well. But then you've also got like well the likes of the NHL on primary sports as well. So that's gonna be but people over here that I like, I don't know if there's a team closer to me. I just watch my team. They'll see an advert for that and I'll go, oh one minute. There. 20 minutes down the road or something like that see what the ticket prices are like it's like what 15 to 20 quid you know what that's cheaper than the local football team which if you're in London or Manchester it definitely will be it's for me it's a it's a great deal it's a no-brainer
3: for the, the lead to actually sign it it's fantastic news and uh, I believe Premier Sports are the first title sponsor of the league since Rapid Solicitors, I believe. So that was uh, 2012. for a two-year deal, I think it was something like that. So it's good to have a title sponsor back on board and, uh, you, you know, it, compared to uh, Rapid Solicitors and prick about who sponsored the playoffs the uh, last couple of years, uh, you know, did absolutely nothing for us. I mean, I, I certainly hadn't even heard of vet. Um And, you know, just, just kind of shows when they don't look after you and, and, and they don't support you, then what's the point in having all that money just so you can show them off? The greater thing in friendly sports is obviously the uh, TV side of things, where you are going to, the, the league itself is going to get a lot out of this. And um, I think as, as far as sponsor goes, that's what you need. Because it's okay getting a sponsor, but if they're not going to do anything for you and give you the publicity, then what's the point? It, it, it's got to be both sides, and uh, we're Premier Sports. I don't think there's any other company better uh, able to do this, so it's a great deal, especially for for three years. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. And just nice to have the, some live games back. Uh, and the last time Premier... Obviously, Premier of free sports, but it, it wasn't many games a season. Um, I, 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 I'm sure they were all before Christmas anyway, weren't they? But th- there wasn't many after the New Year, so. Well, the last live
1: game was brilliant.
3: Yeah, oh, oh it was great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, t- to have more of them uh, during the season is is great, and um, I I can't see uh, any negatives really, um, apart from. Obviously, uh, Guilford. Poor Guilford, only getting one game. But, you know, oh well. <laughs> and Manchester.
0: <laughs> You'd already covered that, Greg. It's fun. No, you guys <laughs> yeah. have not the nail on the head. Are you a fairness? I think the negative that comes from it is the fact that it's given people a high horse to sit on and complain. Because the amount of people that I've seen complaining don't get me wrong, if it had been free sports and it had been 27 games or whatever it is on free sports, even better. It not there's no other way of putting it it isn't and like andy said rapid solicitors pretty to bet we get back to bmi baby whether they did things behind the scenes for the league or whatever they did they weren't putting it on the tv you know we're now getting 27 games shown on the tv the subscription to premier sports and i've got this up in front of me is 12.99 a month right how much is a webcast
2: Fifteen pound
0: 15 twelve, fifteen pound. Fifteen pound if it's Steelers. Fifteen pound Manchester were charging last year, I think, last season. Think Something so. like that. Coventry charged twelve pounds for days of the day, I think it's I be, think.
1: It's between Devils twelve and
0: fifteen across the board. So don't get me wrong, I understand that it's not for everybody. I understand that we we're still coming out at the back end of COVID, that's not people financially. I understand that some people aren't gonna be able to either necessarily budget for it, afford it want to pay that money for it whatever situation you're in that's 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 absolutely fine it's not a dig on that and it comes back to the same kind of thing that we were saying about people that could afford to roll the season tickets over way way back when when that was a thing if you can afford to great if you can't that doesn't mean people that can afford to don't deserve something from it and for me 12.99 a month if you want to pay for it you get those 27 games if you don't it's still a cracking sponsor for the league and that's the bottom line We've got to stop looking at the sponsorship of the league as a personal gain. You know, if one person doesn't have Premier Sports, fine. It's still a lot of exposure from the league. Andy, I mean, you mentioned Predictive. If my memory serves, Predictive didn't even do specific hockey betting at that point. It's not even like there was any... You know, we're getting sponsored by a sports betting shop that doesn't even specifically do any particular hockey bets. You know, I mean, if that doesn't... If that's not a paradox somewhere, I don't know what is. Whereas this, we're getting the exposure, we're getting there. Okay, not everybody will pay for it. It's about twenty-seven ninety-nine a month to pay for BT Sports. Sky Sports, I imagine, is something similar. This is a more than half the cost. It's affordable, it's cheap for those that want to pay for it, and as I say, it's getting the exposure. And for me, joking aside about the people complaining about it and that negative, it is a cracking deal for the Elite League. And coming out of covid and we're seeing this quite a lot we we were saying the same thing about the sponsorship that the arena, that the Sheffield arena have got with Utilita coming out of covid and having a lengthy sponsorship is massive because we're coming out of covid and we've got that stability already we've got some funding there already and that's a huge help um so ne- no no negatives from me other than the odd person complaining about it um have we got anything else to add on the Premier Sports? I find it a bit weird that they've edited the logo. That's a bit weird. Yeah. That threw me the first time I saw it on social media.
3: It's black and yellow that, as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, that's true.
3: Joe's
2: favourite colours. I'm to say.
0: No comment. Um, oh, that's still later on. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's the fact... Speaking of later on, (laughs) we've got nothing else to add on Premier Sports, gents. The next thing I've got written down is rosters. Um, So I'll give the brief lowdown of what we're going to do, because quite frankly, it is now 20 to 11 at night on a Thursday. We're all at work tomorrow and we are not going to run through every single roster and spend half an hour on each team. Um, What we are going to do is we've split it down between us to go through two or three teams each. We're going to pick out two or three standout players and give a general kind of consensus of the roster. And then obviously we can build from that moving forwards. Um, Who wants to start? We'll do this like a volunteer thing. Someone put their hand up and we'll start like that. No one's putting their hand up. Gref, you can start.
2: (laughs) I mean, you kind of expected that.
0: You guys let me down there. I I was expecting someone to put their hand up.
2: That's uh, fine. I'll, I will will start for you, Joe. Thank you. So, one of the teams I'm going for, I'll get them out of the way nice and early. It's the, the team that has just released their jerseys, done by Crosscheck.
1: You can't say the is... name. can't do it. <laughs> Come on, Gref, it's a oh. safe space. The podcast has said you could do this. You were so
0: enthusiastic about talking about this team earlier on. You basically bit our hands off at the opportunity.
2: Oh yeah. Definitely a bit. It is the Fife Flyers. The three players I picked out for them is obviously their netminder, Shane Owen. He's well he's pretty known in the league now, with what being Fife, Belfast, Coventry. And now he's back at Fife, it's, it's a good goalie. So I'm sure he'll probably do, or probably do a good job for them. The other one I've picked is another returnee, Jonas Emmerdahl. He played pretty well last time we saw him play for Fife. He was always up there, considering he's a D-man. We're not talk about you, Joel Dorey, you're more attacking than a D-man and then another one I picked is a Brit that's just moved over from Glasgow Craig Peacock not many people I would have thought would have seen that happening at the time just because well, he's been at Glasgow for so long but he's quite a decent player and we we all know he can do he can score goals for fun when he, when he can and then Put the puck on people's sticks, get them scoring. dollar on good player, and now we've got them out of the way. Sorry, five fans.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to give us your general consensus of the roster. Come on, don't, don't, don't sell it short, Gref. Come on. And also, okay. before you do, can anybody else remember the time that Peacock was playing for Belfast and sliced his lip open?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was longer horrendous. than he spent at Glasgow.
3: That was in Fife as yeah. well, if I remember correctly.
1: Was it?
3: He's yeah. gone for yes, a return job. Yes, it were. Huh?
2: Yeah, the uh, roster, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. There we go. It looks <laughs> quite nice. to be fair. It's...
0: It's maybe got... spill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> spill is, is lickage. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got a few returnees come back. Obviously you got Barry McKenzie returning. James Isaacs. Look quite short in D. They've only got five players. So hopefully oh I'm sure their fans are probably thinking hopefully we can bring in another D Especially if they get an injury brought in a few first timers as well to the league possibly to to their pro careers as well to start off but yeah it looks like it should do better than what past five teams have done or well, in the past like well last year last season at least i'm sure everyone will agree with me on that one
0: I'm loving that the best compliment you can give is they should do better than past five teams.
2: <laughs> Especially the the season before COVID stopped the season. True. Because that season they were bottom.
0: That's 49 the first games. time you smiled in this whole section.
2: Yep. So, I'll move on to a former coach. Omar Pasha's Dundee Stars. I'll start off with the goalie as well, Adam Morrison. He's well, he played in Fife in nineteen twenty season. Didn't play anywhere at all last season during the pandemic. From what he. Some of the games he played, he played outstanding. He kept five in a hell of a lot of games. So now with playing for Dundee, hopefully you should be able to pick up where he left off. And I'm sure Omar will be wanting him to hopefully get them into a playoff spot. The other person I've picked is Dryden Dow. We all know... How good he was! I think pretty sure we most of us picked him when we was going on our teams and best players of the season. This will be his third season in Dundee. I mean, last time he played for Dundee, forty-one points in forty-eight games. That's outstanding. As a D man, as a D man, -man that's how. I mean, even last season where he played in Slovakia. 21 games, 12 points. He's definitely going to be one to... Your teams are going to want to keep an eye on because he's going to cause some havoc. And then I've picked a new person for Dundee to the league. He, well, didn't play last, last season at all. I'm guessing he's probably thankful for that if he had any injuries. Played in the French league the season before that for Bordeaux. Fourteen points in thirty-four games. Quite decent. And he's played a few AHL games. St John's Ice Caps twice. Two seasons with them. Uh San Antonio Rampage. Quite decent. Especially to get the league just below the NHL. So he's gonna have some about him. He, I'm sure Dundee will want to. Uh, hopefully, it can pick up their scoring because now they've not got uh, Beauregard, who was scoring for fun for them.
0: Which player are you on about? I feel like I've missed something. Have you? I...
2: So yeah, I, I didn't mention the name, but it's fine. It's Alexandre Ranger. Save the name till last, just because of that enough. surname. Okay.
0: I I'm, No, it's alright. I was just I was sitting there. I was like, has he said it? No? Okay. No, that's me. Alright, fair enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Overall, as a team, they look pretty decent on oil well, and paper anyway. They do have a player that's 41 in their team. So, hopefully, he's still got the speed. And I am definitely not pronouncing his name because he's is Swedish. But his national team is Finland.
0: Markus Kantanpera.
2: There we go. We we'll go with that. And he played for HPK in the Simliga last season. So it's come from there all the way over to the elite league. Jeez. <laughs>
0: an assistant, assistant captain for Tappara for years
2: as well. Spotted that. Sorry, Sorry. That's got a good smile on all of our faces. <laughs> yeah, the, the one I am quite looking forward to as well, even though I didn't mention him, Thomas Rutgers. Played, well, he's on the roster for Cardiff for a good long while. And he's now making the full the full-up move to a one-way contract with Dundee. That's quite decent. I'm sure Dundee fans will hope they've got a really good season coming up. I mean, all past should just pick up some, some good gems nine times out of ten. And then I'll say if the best are last. I'll go full homer on this one. No. Say it before you. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, our starting netminder. Surprisingly, we got Matt Gim back, which I'm surprised at because I thought he would have gone elsewhere. Played in the East Coast last year. One game with Andrew Lord. Then, 22 games with Kansas. We all know Ginner can be a, one of the best goalies in the league at the time. So that's going to be brilliant to see him playback for us. Then I'm going to go with a forward. It is not Jordan Smotherman, as the picture came out as.
0: You guys wish it was Jordan Smotherman.
2: Oh, definitely. Well, I'll take Curtis Hamilton anyway. Because that is a pretty decent signing. I mean, last season when he played for Belfast, 45 games, 33 points. I'm sure he had a lot of thanks to his teammates around him because that was a one hell of a good team. But I'm looking forward to seeing him play for us. I mean, I saw him on the webcast last night in Coventry. Played pretty decent. I'm looking forward to it. It'd be really good to see him in our colours and scoring for us and not against us. And then, it kind of has to get mentioned. I know Dave, it's not Dallas Airheart.
0: Scored a penalty shot for you guys yesterday.
2: Yep, he did. He's got a legendary one on YouTube. He's playing in the the, uh, WHL. What well, the person I'm going to pick, the guy that said he was retiring, and then he's actually not, he said, yeah, I actually want to play now after a year out. We welcomed back Lynn Springer. He's the guy that plays on the edge, the fine line. He's really, it's, it's really good to have him back. I mean, it's going to be I say now it's really good to have him back. But I'm probably going to say in certain some games where it's like a minute 30 left and he's just got a penalty, it's going to be, what are you doing that for? I already know that's going to happen. So pre-warning everyone that watches the Storm game, if you don't already know, it's probably going to happen. Looking at it as a whole team-wise, It is very much a really fast-paced, altering affinity team. We've got a fair few really tall players. We've got a six-foot-seven player, Mark McNulty. That's going to be fun to see him come out of the dressing room considering he's, like, a foot taller than me without skates on. In fact, we've got the announcement of, the, of all, all our Brits was pretty decent, especially considering two of them we only got for the elite series, and then they've done somewhat well because Finn has gone. You know what? Three a deal. Here you go. Come back. Come up to Manchester, and to finish that one off, like father, like son, our backup goal there. James Downer, played well last night. He's the father of Colin Downer, who played for Manchester Star back in the original first season. The back up. Yep, his son. He
0: said, he, well, he said he's the father of... That would be yeah. quite hard, given that his dad played for the original Star.
2: I mean, you never know these days. Give me that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah (laughs) We won't go down the Star Wars route Yet. Yet Yeah, it looks pretty decent I'm looking forward to seeing The whole team I mean, I get to see it on Sunday
1: So that'll be pretty decent
0: Thank you very much, Griff
1: I'll jump in here, we'll get rid of some more teams Let's start with the leafy suburbs of uh, the south of the country in Guildford. Um, interesting lineup. They've, they've lost some of their, or not, but brought back some of their Star Wars that really gave them that competitive edge in the first few years of their time in the league. Again, we'll go, we'll go goalie there at starter uh, Sweden, Kevin Linsug. Um Played 97 games in the Osvenska. Um, played all seasons in Denmark, Belarus, and Italy. Levels you take comparative to the Elite League. Regularly in all competitions, had a um, save percentage of on the high side of, of uh, plus nine, uh, 0.900. So stats-wise, I think he will give them a decent edge. Um he, he, they're not starting stats but if there's ever a season to not have starting stats it's probably this one given that not everybody's going to have played last year so you look at his career he's a competitor he play, he's played at levels and I think he'll give Gale for the, the, the chance that you know every goal he needs to give a team I think he'll do that um, one guy at, that stood out um, was Jake Bolton in defence he um, 199 games in the East Coast, um, 65 points, but his plus minus was minus 62. Now, you could say that's a high over two. This, let's call 200 games, that kind of thing. It isn't it? Isn't in context of that's over periods of time and not on the same team. He's produ- he has a point production, so he's probably in that you know borderline. Power- power sorry, um power play type defender who will be getting the points there. So he looks like that type of player that's gonna fit him well for Guildford. Um the other guy I looked at was Brett Ferguson. Played a few years uh, for Guildford. was the ultimate captain in the last two seasons. Uh 145 games for the Lightning, 131 points, um with a lot of new guys in and around um the team, they're going to want to look for him for that bit of leadership. Um, in addition in terms of leadership uh, worth noting uh, Lackovic moving from Nottingham to Guildford um, and we all know um, what Lackovic can do um, so it gives that bit of balance I think Guildford will be again there and thereabouts um, I think they've started well they've had great starts and you kind of go is this the year they're going to challenge for the title and they just fall down so I wonder if this could be that year that they actually compete longer and get into the new year still with a shot of the title, I don't know um I think it's a case of who knows but if ever there's a season for you know not your normal top four, it's probably this one um and then let's move to to Cardiff um and I'll start with this if ever team's lost its aura and its stars. And the reason that you went to the link and gone Ah, he's playing. Oh, great. Oh, he's playing. Oh, great. Oh, he's playing. Oh, great. And you're already one or two goals down. It's this season. They've they've had a fair, you know, they've had a rebuild. Um, Look at the goalies, though. Um, Now, everyone's seen if if you've watched the CHL games. um, Matt Carruth. uh, 51 games in the AHL, 96 East Coast, 89 in the EBL. Um, An 8 one games in DL2. Now, apart from the AHL, he was again on the right side of .900, and that was only and in the AHL. That was only eight nine eight, which is not to be sniffed at. Um, the league below the NHL. And you'd be looking, you know, if he's in DL2, .916. EBL 0.914 which is marginally above the Elite League their stats are going okay you know he's going to do something he'll he'll be there thereabouts Um, what Cardiff have done though what other teams haven't they gone for the two import in terms of the netminders and they've got Taron Kozin who has um,
0: (laughs) terrible (laughs) stats
1: well they are they're not it depends how you look at them. You know, they say lies, damn lies, and statistics. But you know, you look at his stats, and you have to go to his WHL years. But 135 games in the WHL is actually not something to be sniffed at in terms of the junior hockey. And his stats for you: are 2.73, .912. You know, he'll be playing against first um, first round draft players. He'll be playing against that level of hockey player, who you know, without going through each roster, he's played against. Will probably have decent careers in the show, or currently having good careers. So, so that's stats-wise, go from that level is not bad at all. Is his coast isn't the best, however. Goalies who come to the elite league, if they've got great stats, there's something wrong why they're in the elite league. If, we, if, we if we're on overall blunt ice, um, I I think he'll, he'll you know clearly he'll be the backup to to Karef, but I think he'll be the backup that will give him the rest. And I think of all netminders going into the last month for the season and the postseason, careful will be the more refreshed because he'll be able to pick up 15, 20 games.
3: Whether he wins him or not, I
1: don't know. But he'll be able to pick up the load to give him the rest. Um and then the two guys I looked at, um away from the crease, Brendan Mickelson. Bit difficult to avoid him when you look at his resume, 130 plus games in NHL, over three hundred games in the AHL uh 143 games of the SHL. Not bad leagues to be playing in. Um and then you look at his, his overall stats, you know, one plus nine in the in the show with minus fourteen. But in the thirty plus games with that, it's not bad at all. Uh hundred and twenty seven points, minus ten in the HL. With that many games, it's not bad at all. You look at his SHL career, eleven and twenty eight um for thirty nine points with a plus seven in the SHL. Yeah. Okay, I think, I think he's 34, 35. But he's gonna, he's gonna be the man that they will rely on in Cardiff from a defensive perspective. Um, and they're good stats. They're, they're, he's definitely one to watch. And I think if he comes with the right mindset, and I think in fairness, we all will mention imports and, and whatnot. If, if every import comes in with the right mindset to do well in this country, I think you'll see his name when it comes to all-star teams. I'll say now, come the end of the season, you'll see his name first, second time because. That level of performance previously, you can't, you're not going you to be messed around. That's 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 good level of stat. Um, so I think we'll see his name around. He'll be the one that will be like going for Sheff- Sheffield fans and, and uh, not, uh, Manchester fan, even Cody Cardiff from their apologies, Gref. You're like, damn him again. That's just prevented a goal. Damn him again. I think that's the player he's gonna be the one that's gonna be the one difference maker for Cardiff and then forward. And I've gone for the one that impressed me so far in the CHL, but it's a signing that goes against the grain for Cardiff um, in terms of Cole Sanders. And I say that because you look at his, again, resume, it's it's games in the WHL and the U sport league, and there's not much in the traditional established leagues. However, points-wise, very good. Again, in the WHL, 249 points in 260 games 97 points in the U Sport 88 games Uh, 28 points in 38 games in the East Coast and he's constantly on plus side of the plus minus so he's a forward again all we've seen is the games in the TV against you know damn good teams and we'll mention it more when we go on to the CHL his defensive game is up there with his forward game so I think he will be there thereabouts but it's a sign that goes against the grain if that makes sense it's not the standard he's played in the coast. He's played AHL. He's played decent leagues in in Europe. It's away from that. But sometimes diamond in the rough, and he could be that one. He's um, been a
0: stud but, in the CHL.
1: Yeah, I I think he's a CHL. top point scorer. Um, if I'm yeah. honest, and it's it's all goals, which <laughs> you know it's you know it's it's a British team in the in the CHL. It's not easy to do. So, again, I mentioned at the beginning, you look at their team and you go, they haven't got the aura, but they have talent. And this will be a team that will be there and thereabouts. What I do like about them, the one thing is the leadership. And they've gone with Mark Richardson, who is established. Any British hockey fan will know him. He's been a leader for previous teams. He's been an A for Cardiff. He's been an A for the national side. He's he's always there. And if he's not got a letter, he's still a leader. If you, by chance, talk hockey with players, and they'll always mention, and you, you ask any other people or, or journalists who talk in interview players, they always say, even if I got a letter, Richardson's a leader. So I, I like that in that context. Um, yeah, the the brick core is is good. You know, they've got Josh Batch, Ben O'Connor, surprising move um, from Sheffield to Cardiff, but change as good as the rest, as I say. You've got the other players. Apologies, they've also got uh, Sir Ben Davies back um, from his hiatus away from Cardiff and Wales. Um, Again, if I'm honest, looking at the teams, I don't have them down for the league title, but playoffs, Challenge Cup, yeah, I can see him picking one of them. Just not sure which one. Toss a coin. Yeah, but I, I think they may fall short for the league, but they won't be far behind. But in terms of the cups, I think that'll be where they'll get their niche. I think that's what they'll uh, be there um, for. And then we're we'll going to Coventry. Um, Again, we'll go to the Netminers. Again, CJ Mott. Before COVID, before COVID kicked in and, and the Steels won the Chance Cup, if you asked anybody who was going to win the playoffs, nine out of 10 hockey fans, if they understood the game, and we're just using their own team colours, and I'm, you know, not disciplined in Sheffield in that respect. they would be saying Coventry for this one reason: CJ Mart, because he came in. Coventry were a bit there or thereabouts, they weren't even sure, you know, they were just a lot show there, there, but you kind of oh they look good, no they're not, they're good, they're good. He comes in, turns them around, makes a difference, and they look dangerous. Their play, just they just looked a different team, and they, you kind of go, yeah. I'm going to see them in the playoffs. It's the final. Don't want to see before because yeah, put your money on them. Um, spent a bit of last season in the AHL with Bridgeport. Um, and again, if you look at his stats, again, you know, in the high side, in the right side of uh, 0.900, uh, he, he was 2.52 goals against in the 24 games for Coventry with a 0.923 um, percentage. We saw what he can do. And if it comes with that same mindset, I, I think again Coventry could be a little bit dangerous, especially in, in, in the Sky Dome. Uh, but then you look at the other players. I went for Justin Hamanick, Um 230 games in the in the Coast, 11 AHL, and yeah, he was he was plus one in his 230 games. He was minus seven in his AHL. He obviously played um, 48 games previously with Coventry but it's it's leadership. You you see it a few times in his resume. And again, he looks the type of guy that is a leader in the locker room. And I think that's where a youngest-looking team, apart from the other exception, will need that leadership. And I think Justin, he has that, you look at the stats and everything, and I appreciate it's not the beyond end-all, but he has that look of, he's going to be someone who will be one of the leaders. The next person I'll mention definitely has the experience Yanni Lakinen, just shy of 500 games in the SM Liga. Again, previously for commentary in the previous season before COVID and the Elite Series. Um, Stints in Belarus, France, Kazakhstan, Norway, Poland, Russia. um, Points, goals, assists. 335 points in the SM Liga, plus one away. He, he got a, a fair few points uh, in the previous season, and uh, in the series you'll look to him to to do a job um, for for the Coventry players. And I think I think this is a big season for Danny Stewart. He, he was co- he, he was coaching five for a bit, and he came back to um, Coventry. And I think this is the season where it's potentially make a break. Either if he really can get that team playing again to the this is a team that's dangerous in the playoffs which would be dangerous in the league and they get on some run and I tell you of all buildings if they go on a 10-15 game win streak and they start hitting 2000 2500 2700 in the Dome, that's an that can be an intimidating place in that heyday um, when they were the champions and it was up there that was a place where the atmosphere it suited the barn and it, it gave him the advantage. If Danny Stewart can get his team playing that way again, I can see that returning. And it then becomes, you know, you sometimes over the last couple, two or three years, you kind of Coventry, you should be at these points. But if he gets them to say, get them turning that way and the crowds get behind that team, because for all the jokes about Coventry and, and, and everything else, that's a fan base that will get behind a team if they're playing good hockey. And if he could do that, they'll get behind him in the stands. And that becomes a dangerous place to play in because the atmosphere will really be that extra man. So I I, I think it's a, it's a make or break. But I think he has, you look at the team overall, he has the players as that capacity to do it. And as we have all, you know, every team review and, and all that, we can all say, oh, I think this, with that. The proof's in the pudding. And, you know, OK, they had, they had the uh, pre-season skate against uh, Manchester last night. Let's see just uh, what they're about in, over the first few weeks of the season. I, again, I think they'll be like Cardiff. Not up there with the title. I think there'll be a season short for them, but Cup competition, again. I think they're, Cardiff-Coventry could be teams that are dark horses for Cups this year.
0: Made quite a good final, that one, at Coventry-Cardiff.
1: Oh, in Cardiff. One that
0: we've not seen for a while. Mm.
1: 1,500 Coventry fans or 1,500 Cardiff fans. That would mm-hmm. be,
0: yeah. One thing, that, one thing that I feel like we need to say, before, just before we move away from Coventry, we've ne- we don't have we do pre-season awards or anything like that as as a podcast. We always save that for the post-season. But if we're going to talk about Coventry in any sense and I don't think we need any discussion about this between the four of us, but the pre-season award for absolutely top-quality social media. Oh, yeah. Hats off (laughs) to the Coventry man or woman, whoever it is that does it. Oh, my days. Some of those signing videos.
1: They raised the bar on that. Um, And I did like, I think they did it once as a tease of set you alarm for 6am. But the day was, it was variety. It was different. it, it, It was engaging. Yeah, and you know what? Hockey fans need—it's not a want this preseason; it's a need. They need something to go. I've got it. It's back. It's mine. And Coventry delivered on that score in abundance. The amount of other fan bases were like I like that announcement. Not the player. Forget the player. Don't care about the player. But the announcement—great.
0: I have to admit, I watched the announcement video for uh, CJ Mott and that was obviously the one, the, the Shrek one, where it was in like Spanish or something. And I have to say the whole way through, I was like, yep, oh, this is quality. This is quality. And then the minute that they said CJ Mott, I was like, I hate this video. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I'm no longer like this. Um one of the things that I'll say about Coventry, boys, sorry, i do not not trying to step on toes, but one guy that played for them against Manchester yesterday, that I, I have to say, two-way deal, 19 years old, um, Austin Mitchell-King scored an absolute worldy of a goal for their, was it their
2: first, first goal? goal. His first pro goal as well
0: absolute worldy at 19. And like the guys on the commentary said, if you're on a two-way deal, that's exactly how you want to start your game. So, yeah. A lot of, a lot of things for people to learn from. Um, or players on two-way deals to, to, to watch and learn from. Uh, I'll throw it over to Staffs. I don't know why I said it like that because there's only me and Staffs left, but I'll throw it over to Staffs.
3: Sorry, Canada, thank you very much. Uh,
0: very okay. well.
3: You're very welcome, yeah. <laughs> uh, firstly, um, I think it's um, probably best to start with Glasgow, um, especially when they were facing a bit of trouble with uh, the arena. Uh, they weren't really sure whether we are going to be able to keep going. Uh, if the new owners, um, Asprey, I believe they are, uh, wanted to keep the uh, arena inside. Uh, but it's great. It's just, just amazing that being able to, to sort that out and uh, they can still play at the shopping centre, which is, you know, a great place to watch hockey and it's, it's a nice arena to, uh, to, to be an away fan of. Um, so that's, that, that's really good. And uh, obviously we're, we're all really, really thrilled that Glasgow managed to uh, sort that out uh, and, and they will still be in the league. So that's oh, great. Yeah. Um, In terms of players... um. As an outsider, I've mainly gone with names because there are some quality names in this team first of all, <laughs> first of all, i've gone with... <laughs>
0: but so you've picked your players to watch based on who's got the best names.
3: Not just that that's just uh, a a good coincidence shall we say
0: i I love this way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, so firstly, I'm going to start with uh, a D-man, Brock Bukaboom, which is just (laughs) an incredible name to start off with. What a name that is. Uh, Secondly, uh, he is a draft pick uh, in the third round of Tampa Bay in 2010. Also, another interesting fact as well is that his, his father, Jeff Bukaboom, uh, played many of, of NHL games, uh, mainly with uh, the Rangers in the late 90s. So uh, you can tell he's got a, a really good uh, family background of playing in top top leagues and uh, yeah, just really good signing for the Glasgow. Um, obviously, not quite got the same resume as as his dad, but you know you can guarantee that he's uh, taught him a finger or two and uh, he's going to really do well well on this team. If Uh, if they don't play boom, boom, shake the room. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, um, I've gone with Colton Yellowhorn, uh, which just, again, what a name that is. Um, (laughs) Again, he was rumoured to be joining the league last season. Uh, Didn't quite work out. Uh, He ended up joining uh, Graz. And Nitra, very good resume as well. Uh, he's played in the uh, East Coast League, EBEL, ECHL, AHL, uh, the Czech League, many, many, many good leagues he's played in. Put up some great points as well. I mean, uh, he, he's, he's getting well above um, the point percentage compared to games uh, in many, many seasons that he's played in, which is fantastic uh and definitely gonna be one to look out for. Uh, last season, uh well during co during the COVID uh, sort of um lockdown in in the UK played for uh remaining side SC Shiz Sh- Shikshareda, something like that. Something like that anyway. uh we'll have to ask uh, uh, Iwana Yes, definitely. Um uh, yeah just got a great great resume here and uh I, I, I played with Ben Bounds, I believe, uh, nineteen twenty, yeah. Yeah. So play a few games with uh, with Bouncy as well. And um, uh,
0: these as his uh, equipment manager as well, only not in Garage?
3: Yes. Good I, old yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good good starting for that. And lastly I've gone with uh Jamie Crooks, who may be familiar to some people, uh as he played uh for Guilford last couple of seasons, uh, again, really good, really good point percentage. 18-19, uh, Guilford had 34 points in 53. The season just gone to uh, 56 points in 47. So, again, a really good signing for them. And uh, one player I thought would rejoin Guilford. Uh, obviously, really enjoy this league, and I, I think Glasgow will be a great fit for him, especially with... Uh, of the players that they have signed, so that's a good signing for them. Definitely uh, one of Guildford's top players, Jamie Crooks, so yeah, that's great. Uh, It's a general sort of outlook. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I was trying to find the elite prospects is gone.
0: Has it come up with that you've reached your total number of pages? Yes,
3: it has actually. (laughs) There we go. I'm back on it. Um, us again, uh, Shane Starrett. Uh, I I would have gone with him as um, one of my pick players. He has played in the AHL uh, mainly with Victoria uh, Condors. He played 42 games in 2018-19, a decent save percentage stats as well, 0.918. Uh, but from then, uh, a couple of again in the AHL, but um, not as many games. Not obviously his, his save percentage wasn't quite as good as it was. Uh, but again, some really good, really good teams to play on. It'll be interesting to see how he does in, in in this league. Uh, furthermore, Cody uh, Sol played many games with in in the ECHL, uh, many many teams as well. Played with uh, the Colorado Eagle, Eagles, Ontario Rain, Fort Wayne Comets, Toledo Lions, Cincinnati, Florida. Through quite a few teams in that league. But we again decent point percentage, good plus minus, and and that's what you want. Uh sort a of very good signing again. uh good to see Nolan the port back as well. Uh I I, I thought was, he was he was outstanding uh in his first season last year for Glasgow. had thirty nine points in forty seven. Uh during the COVID lockout, he was with Fort Wayne and Greenville in the East Coast League. Uh, only played seven games, uh, but, you know, just to be like back in that league, good league. So that's where you want to be, uh, especially when you've got a pandemic going on. So, yeah, very good. Uh, another one what picked out is Dyson Stevenson. What a first name. I know, right now. <laughs>
0: was the guy who, when they released the the, the highlight video, he was just him fighting a load of people. <laughs> he was him fighting a load of people, and then the coach over the background going, "Oh yeah, I had him as my co- as my captain in the UCHL. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> he's just fighting.
3: It's good to see they're the going a bit of toughness as well. With uh, obviously you, you've got Lyndon Springer coming back from Manchester, so uh, I suppose they needed some sort of. Uh, Enforcer-type player out there as well, but also he 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 can get some good points up, so it's a win-win for Glasgow. Uh, he's played in the AHL, uh, mainly for Bridgeport and Utica in the last couple of years. Again, decent point percentage, especially with uh, Utica in 1920. Uh, four points in 33. That's not too bad at all, especially in that league. So, uh, yep, yeah, looking very good. Uh, is Glasgow. Moving on to Sheffield.
0: Wait, Andy, and... Andy before we go into Sheffield, can I just mm-hmm. I have a complaint about the way that you structured your uh, your, your people you picked out. I Let's feel see. like we we peaked. Uh, <laughs> Brock Booker Boom. <laughs> you should have started with Jamie Crooks because it was the biggest anticlimax ever. We've had Brock Booker Boom. We've had Colton Yellowhorn, and then Jamie Crooks.
1: I'm gonna say you said you picked it on names, and then you gave us that.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I am very sorry. I'm not, but...
1: <laughs> Poor form.
3: I know. Anyway, uh, Sheffield. And one player again that was very rumoured to uh, join Sheffield last season in Barry Brust. I'm boy, I think I speak for a lot of people uh, looking forward to see. See, him in this league is uh, known to have had a few tillies in his time, or, or uh, attempted tillies, shall I say. Very very feisty character. Uh, he's a 2002 third-round pick by the Minnesota Wild. And, man, as this guy played in some incredible leagues, he's played in the AHL, he's played in DEL, the KHL as well. Uh, just in absolutely impressive uh, leagues to have played in, especially for a goalie. So, uh, last season, he was with HC Slovan Bratislava, uh, 29 games, uh, 0.937. Prior to that, he has played uh, 18-19 with Kunlun Red Star and Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod. Again, oh. uh,
1: Bravo.
3: Thank you. Stop there
1: (laughs) for a second. 10 out of 10. That was a a stellar
0: job there.
3: I need to lie down well, now. Done so. uh,
0: <laughs> it was how casually he dropped it as well. It was like it was just a normal word. I was rolled word. off the tongue. <laughs> um, I think you've peaked there, if
3: I'm honest with you,
1: mate. Thank you to move no. on. I brought you a boom.
3: Sorry. <laughs> <gone deep. laughs> Nothing can stop that. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, so the KHL, uh, not as many games, but still he's, he's reaching that 09 uh, Save percentage, which is amazing, and throughout his career, he's actually achieved that on many, many occasions. There's not many seasons where he's gone below below 900, so that 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 is incredible. Spot incredible to me. Uh, he has known Aaron Fox a, a fair while, as uh, when Medveshak Zagreb were in the KHL in 13 and 14. Uh, obviously, he coached for them, uh, so he, he, he knew Thank you. I'll have a go at this one. Uh after Zagreb he played uh, in Yugre Kanti man, you no I didn't do that one right, but I tried. Uh, <laughs> you could have thought us. I did. Um but
0: if you said that as casually as the other two, you'd have passed that off perfectly, mate.
3: I was just just pressuring it. Um but yeah, so it's very much on uh, on Foxy's books, uh and it's very well to snap him up. So we're looking forward to see him play and uh, seeing his antics. Hopefully, uh, it's been a well while since we've seen uh, a hot goalie, shall we say, in not such a plain form, but hot as in hot-headed. That's where yeah. I was going. But yeah, very good stats. Just going uh, to
0: apologise to all those duper fans now that thought you were saying that we've not had a hot goalie in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So yeah very good signing in Brust. secondly i have gone with keaton Ellaby. again a great signing uh, mainly for me uh watched him a fair few times in the, in the in the nhl and what he brought to the table was fantastic you know the, the size the skill just so composed as a d man and uh you know it's it's very very rare you see uh, D men of, of his ability that are just as, com- as composed as he is, and this is why he's played so many games in the, in the top league in the world. Uh, many times I've, I've watched him and not barely put a foot wrong, absolutely barely put a foot wrong. So yeah, it'd be fantastic to see him. Uh, not as the only, He's not just only played in the NHL, he's played in the KHL with Baris Astana in 15 16, 19, 9 points in 42. Uh, and since then, he's he's gone quite a few teams. Uh, so he was in, Ka- in Kazakhstan in 1516, then he moved to Fribourg Gotharan in the Swiss League in the same year, and then Luca in Liga in Finland the year after, and then Mura IK uh, of Switzerland the year after that, and then Isilon in Germany, and then Dornbirn in Austria, and then Feren Vados in Hungary. So he's he's, he's been He's very well-traveled, shall we say, uh, for a guy of, of his calibre as well. You know, uh, And this is what you've seen a lot uh, with a lot of players that have been signed uh, by a lot of teams. is that They've got fantastic resumes, and you think, well, why are they in this league? Why are they here? But I think when you get to uh, a certain point in your career, uh, it's not all about, you know, who you're playing for or how much you're getting. It's like you want to explore the world. And, you know, I'm sure this is something that every player would want to do in their career—just go to as many countries, experience as many cultures as you can. So, you know, fair play to him, absolutely amazing. Uh, so it's great to have him on board. His uh, okay, stats-wise, pretty good, you know. We uh, don't scream points, but he's a dear man. That's not—that's not what's important. What's important is his size, and he's six foot five. A very, very tall guy. He's also a 2007 first-round 10th overall pick for the Florida Panthers. And he's also got a very good write-up as well in, in elite prospects. Uh, he's, he, he describes him as a defensively great size, which is his best work in his own zone. Skates and moves very well, despite a large body. Somewhat lacking in hockey sense, and will contribute much defensively, which obviously uh, we can see that by his stats but he can stand and play a more physical game. And I think that's what a lot of uh, fans want in Sheffield, to see uh, a D-man with uh, his sort of size play a physical game. And for me, that's what Marek Tronczynski did last season. I think he really really plays his body to his advantage, but also got points as well. So I think a great addition, great addition to his squad. But yeah, good signing there. And lastly, um, one player... That nobody would have really heard of uh, compared to a lot of the rest, but you should see the uh, craze that the coaches and uh you know from players former coaches around around the world have about this player uh especially whistle. jackson whistle no um <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it is Martin Lattal. And, again, he's not got the best points in the world, points, uh, stats, but everyone just describes him as, you know what, it doesn't matter about his points, his speed kills, and his speed is what will really help your team. Um, and we've seen that in, in, in the CHL above all else, the speed in that league. It, it doesn't matter about what how much uh, individual points... A player's got. It's obviously it's a team game, and if you've got players who are gonna put the points up, that's great. But you're always gonna need some players that have that speed, and he has that speed. And this is why he's 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 uh, described as one of the most underrated players that Sheffield have signed. And again, just just cannot wait to watch to watch him play. Uh, it's gonna be bring a, a lot of speed to this club. We've already got. A lot of players who have that um, skill set in scoring goals, in creating assists. What we're missing, I think, is a speed. And obviously, apart from John O, because let's face it, he's a god. Uh, but apart from that, there's not a whole lot of speed that the team has. But signing Latal, I think he really is going to make up for that massively. And he's just going to be an absolute joy to watch. Um, he has played uh, for H.E. Pra. He's playing Kladno, now. Uh, he's played in Koloviveri, Vladubuloslav, um, like Hradek, Kral- Hradek Kralov, uh, and last season he played in HC Litvinov. Uh, prior to that, was with Dynamo Podubis, and yeah, Czech league is it's, it's not one of the best known in the world, but it's a good league. It's a very very good league, Uh a very fast pace, and uh, you can tell this is where uh, Martin learned a lot of his trade and his speed um, and bringing all this to, to the Elite League is going to be just a, an absolute joy to watch so I'm really really looking forward to seeing him on the ice uh, as a general roster again there's a lot of returnees uh, probably too many to name to be honest with you <laughs> but uh, one one new edition look, look, again looking forward to see uh, Evan Mosey uh, played a lot of games in the league before with Cardiff and Nottingham, so it's gonna be interesting to see what he can bring uh, to the table in Sheffield. Uh, last season he was with uh, Gap in the Magnus League in France before uh, joining Freiburg uh, of the DEL two in Germany. Um, again, he's not had the best points in the last couple of years, but you know he's he's got the like, experience. He's he's played in these leagues. And uh he, he obviously loves the elite league. Otherwise he wouldn't be back in it. So it's great to see that he still enjoys being here. Uh still enjoys the UK, which which is a, a really big thing for a player because you don't want someone uh, you know, coming over here and, and just thinking it as a holiday. You know, he, he absolutely loves this. He he loves the UK. And and you can see that uh represented GB a number of times as well. So he, he's gonna be keen to get back in that lineup. And I know he's had a couple of years off for injury. So uh yeah, he is injury prone. Uh but I think having uh majority of the last season off, uh, he's he only played uh eight games in France and thirteen in, in Germany in last year. So hopefully that's given him enough time uh and, and a bit of a mix to not only just play a bit of hockey but also have have a of a rest that is gonna be beneficial to him as well. So I believe he's, he's going to be pretty much fit, and yeah, just, again, just looking forward to to watching him play. Uh, elsewhere, Sam Jones, uh, incredible in the league series, absolutely amazing to watch. you just thought, if, if this guy's not a rookie, you know? He's he's been here before, and and that's Can what you say again. Say his
0: name properly, though.
3: Sam Jones.
0: Sam Jones.
3: <laughs> Show us away way flash. <laughs> um, a few more again that's played in, in the Elite Series, Adrian Sucks with danielson Kevin Schulzer. Uh, yes yeah, so it was very good to watch them play uh, a full league season uh, good to see uh, Connolly, DeLuca and Eberly back as well as well as Valorant, uh Valorant very happy seeing him back. Uh, n- not just what he does on the ice, but off it as well. Uh, he's fantastic with the fans. He's he's a, he's a, a really good laugh. A really good laugh, and that for me is a is a is something that Sheffield has been missing for a long time. A, a player that not only performs well on the ice, but he's 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 just an absolute joy off the ice as well. Uh, more shout-outs to uh, Dane Todd uh, and Travis Oleksuk. Uh, one player that that I was a little surprised to see back in Sheffield, and that's Brandon Whistle. I think he took everyone by surprise. Um, he came in uh, a couple of years ago, not in the best sort of shape, but since then you now he's, he's he's really implied himself, really really gone for it, and uh, he's he's in fantastic physical shape at the minute. Uh, last season played in Telford, 59 points in 37. That's that's nothing to pass at, at all. Uh, nothing, nothing at all So it'll be very interesting to see what he can bring to this team Uh, Again, uh, I believe he's on a two-way With Leeds, Leeds Knights So uh, again, similar to Austin Mitchell-King He's he's going to be looking to prove a point You know, uh, he did the wrong thing in, in, in letting me go a few years ago And I'm going to prove you wrong And I, I believe that's what Brandon will do everything third him is going to really apply himself So, yeah, very, very good seeing back and uh, looking forward to see what I can bring to the table.
0: General consensus of the team as a whole? You've kind of summarised it in fairness with most players.
3: (laughs) Very good. The the only downside, if there is a downside to it, is I believe that they are the uh, oldest team, average age of 30 years, uh but again, with age comes experience. So um hopefully it'll be the experience that shines through. Uh, but again, just like like I said about uh, players like Martin Latall, I believe that him and uh, a few of the younger guys can bring that speed as well. So just looking for that balance really between uh you know between points production, between uh plus minus, same percentage, but also the speed as well. Uh and speed is very important. And, and, and again, with an average age of 30, there's not a lot of players that will be able to have that speed. Um, so it will be interesting to uh, see how our team does this season.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I'll jump straight in with my two teams. We'll get the elephant out of the room straight away, if you've already worked out. Yes, that does mean that I'm going with Nottingham. Um oh, time and- to go. <laughs> was self nominated, so I feel like I have nothing to complain about. um The reason that I took Nottingham is because I've seen a lot of people slate the team, and actually, I'd, I genuinely think they've got a lot better team than people have given them credit for. And you've the job? No, but we'll go with that, that's fine. <laughs> but no, I mean, we start in a net of, as, as we have done. Kevin Carr, we know how well Kevin Carr did last time round in Nottingham. um you know, he did a stellar job between the pipes. I'm trying to load up his stats, and my internet's going really slowly all of a sudden. Um, you know, in the meantime, he played for Utah Grizzlies 15 games with an 8.7, 87.5 save percentage. Uh, he is on the... Well, he's got Colorado Eagles for the AHL on his stats, but he's got zero games played. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, he did a cracking job last time round. 2.44 goals against average and a 91.8. Save percentage. So, on the whole, a cracking start between the pipes, and, and one that I didn't think they were going to get back, to be honest. So that was a good, a good start for them. Uh, curling as well as the backup, is a great backup for them. Uh, I was mega impressed with him when he played in Sheffield. I was quite disappointed when we let him go. Um, 19 years old when he played for us, and for a 19-year-old kid, when he was put in between the pipes, he looked very confident, uh, and that's what you want to see in a goalie obviously like what they saw in the Elite series and took him as well. I come round to the defender because this one has just blown my mind and I don't know whether that's just because of his size. Um he's six foot eight which is just monstrous to think. If he goes on a line with Josh Tetlow who's I think six foot seven uh, that's gotta be the biggest D pairing going. Uh, with Taylor Doherty um i mean don't not just on there for the size i mean he's played 257 games in the AHL um 43 points from that so he's evidently more of a stay-at-home defenseman but looking at his size that's not so surprising uh but in 257 AHL games he's got a plus minus of plus 1 which is pretty outstanding if you ask me uh ECHL wise 192 games 69 points Oi, oi. um and He's got a plus minus of minus 29. Don't shake your head, Greff. You were saying the same thing, <laughs> it was the
2: fact you said, Oi, Oi,
0: Gref. You're looking at me so disapprovingly, like it? the same thing wasn't going through your mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, firm, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he's played, played 22 games for Krakow, um, in the 2021 season, nine points. 24 penalty minutes and his plus minus isn't there because apparently they don't count that. Um, but now a stellar addition to the back end for Nottingham and as I say, I mean they've already got Josh Tetlow on that, um, you know, on that deep pairing. And uh, to be perfectly honest, for me, deep pairing on that back end, for me, um, Tetlow is a guy that I would more more than happily see in an orange jersey. Um, I've been saying this for years and he's he's got better and better and better um played very very well in the elite series played very well for gb um and yeah i mean to have him and then doherty on the back end they've got some serious height to that to that defensive core um we'll flip on to the forwards the guy that i picked is wearing a carolina hurricanes jersey in his in his profile picture on on elite prospects it's jeremy welsh and ironically, it doesn't. Look, oh no, he has. He's played a few games. <laughs> I was say, ironically, it not look like he's played for the Hurricanes. So. Um, he's played 267 games in the AHL, 110 points. Um, uh, 156 games in the DEL, 82 points. Uh, 27 games in the NHL, two points. So, if we're talking about hockey CVs, he's been in a lot of the top leagues. As I say, AHL, Czech, DEL, NHL. Um. So, yeah, it looks to be a good guy. And again, bringing some size to their forward unit as well. Six foot three. Um, they're the guys that I picked from the Nottingham team. But in fairness, there's a, there are a lot of guys on this squad already that, you know, can bring it. We saw the likes of Bois Van, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Kevin Deming. You know, they played a, a, a good shift in when they were playing in the Elite Series. And I think they were guys that, that, that the Panthers wanted back. Um you know, just obviously got the likes of Stephen Lee, Mark Matheson at the back end. Still puts a bit of a bit of taste in the mouth for a Steelers fan to say Mark Matheson, because the first season he played for us, he was outstanding. The second, he dropped off a bit, in my opinion, and then he went to Nottingham and started playing outstandingly again. Um, the other player on this roster that stands out to me, um, and and I don't know if it stands out to me more because he went unsigned for so long, uh, is Matt Myers and, um, you know, if ever Nottingham were just after a a late pick-up, and and granted, we don't know when things were announced and when things were actually signed, so it might have been a case that he just held on to the signing, but, you know, if ever a late signing uh, has paid off for a team, you know, I think Myers is going to be a great fit into that Panthers squad, as he has been in the past. Um, Yeah, I can honestly see Panthers contesting, whether that be league, challenge Cup playoffs i think they've got a team there that's a bit of a dark horse team wallace is starting to come into his own a little bit more in terms of the coaching side duchette's done some good recruitment and uh we often see that the teams that are kind of in that top end in terms of budgets um you know I mean, we're not throwing arena size because that always helps with budgets and things like that but when you talk about the top four or five teams nottingham's usually in the conversation um and a lot of the time, out of those top teams, the team that can outperform is the team that you don't expect to do well. They've not got the pressure on them because everybody apparently seems to be discounting them already. So for me, Nottingham are definitely a team to watch and that's not just because you guys say I'm Panther Joe. Um, <laughs> I'll skip straight on to Belfast. I only say this now. Um, bold statement. Belfast and my team to win the league this year Um, Genuinely are I mean Beskarawani in, in, in Between the pipes We saw what he could do last time Little bit of a concern for me With Beskarowani in terms of the way That he was viewed in Belfast before And I think I've probably said this to most of you guys by now I think this, this can either go one of two ways He'll come back, he'll be as good as he was last time And he'll win some silverware in Belfast Or he won't be as good as he was last time And it'll be a bit of a Be careful what you wish for moment because he's one of the guys that Belfast will have wanted back the minute that he stopped playing in a Belfast jersey, um, and I honestly expect him to be as good as he was last time. Um, then, just to strengthen the goalie core, they've also brought in Jackson Whistle. So, to me, they've already there got the best goalie one-two punch. Um, if we're talking defensemen, I mean, we look no further than uh, than Griffin Reinhardt, which can't remember where we were, Dave. Me and you were together when we got told about Griffin Reinhardt sign. They might have been after roller training or something like that. Staff, you might have been there as well. I think you were, yeah. And uh, I just remember seeing the name and instantly going, I know that name. I know that name. And it was because of Sam Reinhardt, who I believe played for you guys, Griff.
2: He did indeed. No place for Florida.
0: I'd say he plays for a better team, but it's Florida, so probably not. Um... <laughs> But when you look at the kind of the, the leagues that he's played in, again, we're seeing AHL, 278 games, 81 points, and a plus-minus, a plus-nine. In 278 games in the AHL, a plus-minus, a plus-nine is, is pretty damn good. Um, DEL, 22 games, 11 points, and a plus-three. KHL, 33 games, two points, and a minus-two. NHL, 37 games, two points, and a minus-five. I mean, again, we're listing off top league after top league in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be the standout player for Belfast. Could it be another Liam Redox moment? Because Belfast brought in Liam Redox last time round and he kind of disappeared off the radar. I don't expect this one to be. The, the leagues that this guy's played in, I uh, I fully expect him to be a top contender for one of the top players in the Belfast unit this year. Um, forwards. <sighs> was one that was quite hard <coughs> it was quite hard to avoid talking about this player um, I looked at a few other players in terms of trying not to mention a returning player and things like that um, but you can't really look any further than Darcy Murphy um, You know, again another returning player for Belfast and a player that did a lot last time he was in a Giants uniform now 58 games, 79 points in his last year for Belfast. 55 games, 48 points in the year before that. Um, in the meantime, he's played in the DL2 for Louset-Safouche, which is... I'm going to get this wrong. It's its an ex... It's an ex, well, it's a brick coach that, that, that coached there, isn't it? Pete Russell. Oh, yes, in one. First time ever. Um... You know, 52 games, 52 points there um, Played in Switzerland 17 games, 6 points And in Poland, 12 games, 17 points So he's kept his point production up And uh, he's now heading back to Belfast To keep that going And I could definitely see him being another uh, Top player for them
2: Joe, before Hello. I stop you there It's not Pete Russell it It's it Corey, Nielsen. Corey Nielsen, yeah.
0: Someone gave me a nod I knew it was going to be whoever I didn't say Um yeah, okay. Corey Nielsen, scratch that. Oh, I'm not editing it, so yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, we look at other, some other other players in terms of standout. We've obviously got Mark Garside, Kevin Rain, who's a, a player that I, uh, I, again, I'd like to see in an orange jersey. Um, the one player, in fairness to me, I mean, we look at this, we've got Lewis Hook, Ben Lake, Kieran Long, you know, again, some top players. Top end Brits there. I don't know whether Ben Lake councils a Brit in the league. Someone, someone, does he not? Fair enough. Still, principal still there. But um, this one guy missing off this roster for me. Um, I'm disappointed and I'm happy not to see him on the roster because um, I hated when he played against us, which is Jordan Smotherman. Um, again, a guy that Manchester I think wish signed because he was a cracking player when he was in a Belfast shirt. But uh, another, t- yeah, as I say. To me, this is going to be the team that wins the league. They've got they've got it in the they've got it in the defensive core. They've got it in the goalies, and they've got the forwards there as well. That's that's my bold statement about them. I, you know, I don't really have much more to that I can add to that. In fairness, I'll throw that out to you guys. Who's who's going to win the league?
1: I think it's between Belfast and Sheffield. Um... I think Cardiff and Nottingham will be there in the mix they'll fall short I think Kilford could be the Dark Horse but again it's when they'll fall short um incidentally the final weekend if we're saying it's Belfast Sheffield it's the Belfast doubleheader in Sheffield so that could be okay. interesting for the, that could be interesting for the title um so yeah, I think it's between them two. If all the all the inputs come in and say Nottingham's, I don't like it because they're not doing the traditional. We sign the big names. Look at us, bold, brash. We'll sign, you know, the game at each other and just, you know, nothing else. They're signing a team that's looking like it can punch above its weight, um, which is a dangerous sign. Um, in fairness, it's what Cardiff did for... for has been doing for the years. So, if they could be in that mix, it should be should be good to see that. I think it won't be the four and then everyone will just filter in the spots. I think we'll get... I think Coventry will, will bloody some nose. I think Guildford will. because um, one of the Scottish teams do some damage? I'm not sure. I think if anyone, it's probably... I think Dundee because I think Glasgow will have a lot to, too much catch up to play mm. to be able to do anything. I think if they had the the team lined up to play the season across a longer stretch, I think you probably would look at Glasgow. Um, yeah, I think probably Dundee could be the one that could be a Scottish representative, really, you know, taking some scouts throughout the season.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna pretty much say the exact same. Belfast or Sheffield. When you just look at the roster and the experience that the the players have got across both teams, it's just one of them where you go, yeah, this is gonna be used to. I mean, if another team wants to join join that mix, make it even more interesting. So yeah, they probably would be someone on the lines of like. Cardiff or Coventry or Nottingham. But yeah, my I'd still say it'd be
3: you guys or Belfast. I'm thinking Sheffield, Cardiff. I'm thinking Belfast would be the third. Yeah. I mean I look at their team and they've got a good team, they've got a great um uh, Resume of players, but I just I just think Cardiff and Sheffield will be just a little bit better than Belfast this season. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. Um, maybe it's it's just going against the grain and you know just uh, mixing things up a little bit. But I genuinely do think Cardiff will, well, Cardiff and Sheffield will will pick Belfast in the league. Uh, I've just got that feeling.
0: yeah i I can see sheffield being up there because the big thing for sheffield is they've got a lot of games played already for the steelers um they've kept for the first time in quite a while we've kept a strong core of players and if you look at the amount of games that we've got played for the steelers i think it's something like nearly two and a half thousand or something like that um so when it comes to actually getting the players to play well together they've already kind of got that time. the problem for Sheffield at the moment is they're only having a week's training camp and then they're going into two pre-season games and then straight into the league. You look at Nottingham, they've already had an extra week and they've already played extra games. You know, you look at Cardiff, Cardiff have already obviously played X amount of games in the CHL already. So it's tough, but that, I think that's the thing that will probably put Sheffield up there with them. I, I'm sticking with Belfast as the winners, but I can see Cardiff being up there, I can see Sheffield being up there, and I can see Nottingham up there.
1: But could you then say the amount of games that they've they've played with each other, actually, as much as ice time is always be all and end all, but the actual games they've played with each other in terms of the year's experience, that could potentially navig- you know, negate any
3: yeah, issue not, of not, not,
1: a lack yeah. of preseason.
0: If there's anything that comes to the Steelers' aid in the fact that they've got a shorter training camp, it's absolutely that. I don't know whether I would say it completely wipes it out or whether it dumbs down the effects of not of only having a short training camp. I don't know. I guess time will tell on that when we play the Panthers at the weekend. But yeah, absolutely. In fairness, that and that's what I mean. Like two and well, however many games played for the Steelers already and keeping that core is going to be a huge help. And obviously we've got. Even in terms of newer players to the club, we've got Sackford Danielson, we've got Schulz on there as well. So they've also played with some guys on this team. I think in the interview with Fox, he said something like there's only nine players or something like that that haven't already played with with some of the guys on the squad, which is a huge help. Um, It's going to be an interesting season, because in fairness, I'm... As I'm sitting there going, I think they're going to be up there. I think they're going to be up there. We've already said Guilford could be a team that contest. Coventry have got a great season signed on paper. Glasgow, for the time that they've had to recruit, in fairness, because they have had a lot less time than a lot of teams. you know, They've recruited a cracking team. Dundee, we've already said about. <laughs> there are so many teams that could contest. And that isn't even to say that the likes of Manchester or Fife couldn't contest, because I think they're the only two teams that I haven't actually mentioned. So, in fairness, in terms of like the the season that we're looking at, I think we're looking at probably one of the best ones we've seen, just because, you know, we've got anybody could win it, and that's what you want to see at the start of the year.
1: I, I, I get where Andy's coming from in terms of Cardiff. That is a good lineup. I just think what got them more wins, the, the teams were comparative. It was that aura that you went into Ice Arena Wales. And I just I think not having that now, because that call's gone, I think that's gonna lose them a few games. Whereas we've watched games and particularly against the Steelers, where they've been awful, but the aura of it's Joey Martin, it's Haddad, it's X, it's Y has got that last last five minute goal that's got them the win. And I just think it's gonna take take them time to return to that. And I think that's where they I think Cardiff will fall foul.
0: Their turning point as well, I mean, if you look, if you track back to the point where Cardiff started to win, I mean, there's two things, really. You look at Todd Kelman taking over and you look at Andrew Lord being the head coach, and they've lost one big piece of that in Andrew Lord going to Greenville. So it's not only like we're missing Bounds, Fournier, Haddad, Martin, moment of silence for the fact that the GOAT has now left and we can't talk about him anymore. Um, You know, it's not like they've just lost all of those guys. They've lost the coach. They've lost Lord, who is realistically the guy who gelled them all together and and produced what we've seen over the last few years. But they still have the Cardiff stain. Mm-hmm. Always have. Has the, yeah, absolutely.
3: We need an updated selfie, like, don't oh. we, when we, when we go back next?
0: We absolutely need an updated selfie because the last <laughs> one was not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Why
3: was up with that one
0: Joe? Nothing at all, mate. Nothing I can't at remember, all. go on. No, that? absolutely not. Um,
2: have we got this anything else to add? Shows you had a good time.
0: Well, we did have a great time. Yes. Um, as far as weekends pre COVID go, I think it was about the last time that we were allowed to go out. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, are we about done on rosters? Or have we got anything else to add?
1: Not on rosters?
0: Yeah. So well, that, that segues us on to the next point, and Dave, you've you've hinted at it there. That's all I'm yeah. at it to you.
1: it's the, the the makeup of rosters. So obviously it's the 14 overseas import players and five Brits uh, as the max, um, said for uh, cost saving, which I get, but I don't agree with the numbers, um, me personally. And yes. When I say how I'd like it, I do wear two different hats in respect of as a domestic fan, but also as a fan of the national side. Um, For me, fourteen plus five, okay, I get you need a product for people to come back, but I genuinely think you'd still have the product with twelve plus seven. I think an extra two Brits compared to to imports. If we're talking of saving costs. Would have been there. Um, and I just say, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm going to lie, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I just think, especially with the last two years, or the last two competitions, that the national side has been at the very top table, and we kind of do this. And I get an argument of, well, you've then got the very best to pick from. But the guys we've got at the moment will need replacing. And I just I just feel that we missed an opportunity. We could have e- we could have even been bolder if we really wanted to to go look at cost saving. And I'm going to give a nod to um, there was a podcast done by our friends at the Kingdom of the Giants, and they talked about the lineup and they had the uh, in shields um, and a few others in there. And they mentioned they could really gone, you know, seven nine. And you still would have entertained. But all to a person said, you know, I, I, they didn't say it as you, the fans, but maybe it's the fans' perception of wanting and the, the over desire of the needing to win. Where we'll trust a guy from Saskatchewan, but in Sheffield's case, we'll not trust a guy from Doncaster. Or we're not trust a guy from Cheshire just to be inclusive. Um, and it's kind of that, you know, I feel I just feel that the Elite Leagues missed the trick. Because they kept the cost down with obviously the lack of ITC cards, lack of the, the cost that overseas players does incur, which is understandable. And it could have also, without needing to, help the national side.
2: I mean, I think' say I think you've pretty much like nailed it on the head there with that it's pretty spawn. it's like you think after how the elite series went on with the amount of Brits, you're like, yeah, this is actually quite entertaining still, even without any of the faults that went on at the start of it all
0: Free hey, it like, games,
2: yeah. <laughs> Even without that, it it was still an entertaining product. And you had a fair amount of Brits. I mean, in in that one, in the Elite Series itself, you've got at least two players for us that I don't think we would ever have looked at if it wasn't for that. Harry and Ben Solder. And then you've got, obviously, you saw your your Netminders play. Um they did, did really well, did a good, good account for themselves really well. You had other players in the league. You even got to see Antonov play, who everyone had been raving about. But we would, you'd think he's never actually going to get a chance in this top league. It's... The products on the ice will would have still been as good, I would have thought. And especially, it's going to make it even better for GB squad. I mean, even more so now, we've got a product, one of your own, signed three-year entry deal into the NHL, currently in the rookie camp. You've got another one of your own, as in just sign a contract into the OHL. And it's like, come on, we... We, surely we want players to play up into our the, our best league over here. Get looked at by teams across Europe, North America, and go right, go there. You get you play with coaches that are far superior than the ones we've got over here. Not that our coaches are not. Greater or anything, it's just that so they're gonna be far a lot much more better because it's what they've learned from growing up. You saw the difference in Perke in picking in the Olympic, oh not the Olympics, sorry, the in Latvia the world they champs. It well, we saw it on TV.
1: No, I was on about the Olympics, but yeah.
2: Think... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely
3: but
2: it would make so much more sense to go right, you know what, the cut costs, that two and a half grand for an ITC card for that player, right, well, we've saved that, pocketed that. Oh, a minute, there's another two and a half grand, pocketed that, right, we can put this into our actual product. After a pandemic season, it just makes more sense.
1: It's
3: like you're hitting the reset button. Honestly, I don't understand the logic of saving costs and yet lowering lowering the BRIT numbers. Because when you think of imports, it's, it's no surprise and no secrecy that obviously they earn a lot more than what the BRITs do. But on top of that, you've got to think of flights, getting them in, uh, tr- transport to the city if it's a bit far away from an airport, you know, family costs as well when we bring the family over. These are things that just doesn't fully make sense to me. And after the window of opportunity that the Elite Series was, I just think the hard work of that and... The opportunity that they've given to so many Brits, like Graf said, Antonov, uh, even Churchfield and Warburton. I mean, say if Bruce gets injured, do you, do you think Warburton or Churchfield are going to step in for 20-odd games? Or will they bring another import net in to replace him until he's back? Because in guarantee they'll bring another import net netminder in. But I expect them
0: to, though.
3: Yeah, this is this is the thing, and, I'm, I, and I've said this before, but we look at the GB team right now and how much they've achieved by giving these people the ice time. When Bounds retires, who's going to replace him? When Dowdy retires, who's going to replace him? When Richardson retires, who's going to replace him? Because that opportunity that you, you gave players like Kieran Long. I mean, Kieran Long was outstanding in that, in that elite series. I, I don't think there was one game where he didn't score a score a goal or a point. And it just shows if you give these British players the opportunity, the ice time, you're going to see masses of improvement. Not only as a short term, but also for GB as well and in the long run. Otherwise, you know, if, if if we're still keeping that import numbers bumped up, then you can guarantee that GB are going to start slipping to where they are now.
1: I think two points in your dialogue Andy is kind of for me where we're at, and you're you're talking about the,
3: the opportunities
1: missed with the Elite series, and I thought that was probably the greatest platform that the top level games gave to British players for a long time, um, and I, I'd love that to continue, even it maybe even you know, like over a weekend. I'd love it to continue, but then what Joe said, and it's not a criticism what you're saying, but it's an expectation of the fans. I want the replace like for like. But as that it sounds, it's the mindset. Why don't we have, you know, the backups? Why don't we have, use them? And now I, I know that one of the things that's been said by a few coaches over the years, it's just it's because the be all and end all is that league title, and you drop four games and that's it. You're behind the eight ball. So maybe it's time, and I, I I know I'm kind of twisting the conversation at the moment, but maybe if we change what the end product in terms of the title, whether it's league or postseason, to allow a team to go okay, our import goal is injured, right? Our, our youngsters is going to play, and it's not going to be too harmful because we'll still make the playoffs because we're good enough. Do you know what I mean? I, I just feel that, and I say it's it's a it's a common conception from many fans. Like what, what Joe said, we what, what expect to replace it. it. It's it's there. It's it's the mindset of of the fans that, and then it kind of goes, oh well, if they develop players, but they're losing, oh well, I want them on, I want them gone, you know. Where 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 one coach actually try to look at developing players and actually put a bit of an focus on that? Yeah, they got lobbied out had, of the club. You had a, you had the birth of the resistance. And I'm not saying that other teams wouldn't do that. I would suspect, maybe not call themselves resistance, may not do themselves a logo, but they'd have that kind of vocalness of, no, we want to win. Because that's what it's all built to. British sports fans, it's all about winning that league title. And it's that mindset that I just think, you can easily go, right, we'll drop down to 10 courts and have 10 Brits. But then you're going to end up playing 2-3 line hockey. What we do need is a system where we play four-line hockey with as many Brits and over time more Brits than imports, but as many Brits playing that four-line and having the 15 minutes. Kieran Long got 70, 80 points in Manchester because he'd be playing top-line minutes, power-play minutes. He goes to Belfast, he's playing fourth-line. But this is the problem
0: with the league, though. The problem with the league is you get your players that want to go up and play, because with no disrespect intended to Manchester, and I'll 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 go with my comments on this in a minute because I think I might put the cat on the pigeons a little bit. But if you look at it in terms of the way that the league set up, no disrespect meant to Manchester, but they're not one of the top teams. And the problem is, you look at the likes of Kieran Long. You look at the likes of Ben Lake, because in fairness, over the last few years, Coventry haven't been one of the top teams. They started to climb their way back up there again. But when Ben Lake was playing for them, again, they weren't one of the top teams. All of a sudden, they go and play for Belfast and they're not lost, but they're not playing the same minutes. They're not getting the same ice time exposure because they're playing on a top team. And all of a sudden, instead of competing against Dallas Earhart, they're competing against Reinhardt. That's a bad example because neither of the two players that I listed were demon, but you catch the drift. It's
1: a uh, very good point. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw an example where it kind of twisted the way with Ben Bounds. Who gave him that Elite League debut? Hull, wasn't it? Hull. A couple of years earning stripes at Hull. Showed he could do it. Cardiff then goes, Right, we've got someone who's, who can do a job. I just think the mind I think the mindset alongside the system is is where we end up fourteen and five. And I, I just think the elite league's not a development league. It's a it's a league to develop players to the next stage. But it's not a development league. I get that. And I know, you know, all coaches are under pressure to do that. And yes, you you're right, you know, Manchester didn't have that um pressure to be a league contender, but it didn't didn't Manchester finish second that season when long or was I might think I got this season confused. You're thinking about yes.
0: when you're thinking about when the conferences were back in place again. Yeah, Manchester sorry. Started.
1: Apologies. So, ah, okay. Um enough you know said. But it's that mindset where we're kind of I think the elite league's moved on. And I think the the use of Brits has kind of moved on. I just think we're kind of lost in that old school bit dinosaur of, it's all about the imports, the imports bring the fans in and I just think, again we mentioned I think Andy was with reset, and I think that's, it was a great opportunity and how many times over the years I've, I talk to you three now, but anybody who listens to this podcast when you, one of your local guys from your city gets on the ice he gets a goal, he gets an assist you tell me the biggest cheer that night, and no one could. I, I genuinely now, you get the biggest cheer because it's your guy. Your lad from Sheffield, it's your lad from Manchester, it's a local from Nottingham gets the goal. it. goal against Hamburg, CHL years ago. Biggest cheer, and it's, these, it's, this, it's that mindset where I just think it's lost. And I I just feel we had an opportunity. And I just think
0: we blew it. See, I'm going to put a cat on the pigeons here and I'm going to disagree. Go for it. Because for me, and I'm looking at this solely again from the top teams perspective, and by the top teams, I'm going to sound like a homer for saying this, but I'm talking Sheffield, Nottingham, Belfast, Cardiff, probably as your top four. Throw Coventry in there when they're back up competing. You watch Sheffield their roster on the ice isn't going to look really any different to how it would look if we were having another two or three Brits on that roster. Because all of a sudden, Cole Shudra isn't sat on the bench, not being used and getting 30 seconds a game. And that's a problem in itself. And that's where I'm kind of swinging around to. In terms of the actual elite league, I don't think it's a backward step. I I think the backward step comes from the fact that we have no alternative. We have no you know, because part of me wants to say that the likes of Brendan Whistle, the likes of Cole Shudra, the likes of Brits across the league are going to get more benefit from playing more ice time. The problem at the moment is, and this is, we're not even talking about when we had the huge, huge drop if we remember a few years ago when we were talking the huge, huge drop to NIHL one or whatever it was. We're not even talking that, but there's still too much of a gap. And that's the problem. If you think The imports bring in a better quality of hockey and the Brits that are playing there benefit more from playing and trading with those players. That's fine. But the difference then is, for a start, we're lucky as a club because we can put in two-way deals with Leeds. We can put in two-way deals with Bracknell. No two-way deals going in with Steel Dogs at the moment. That's kind of where I say we're lucky. We've said this before the way that the league needs to run is to have some kind of farm system in place so you each team and this way the league could then turn around and say you're allowed whatever 14 imports five brits but you have to have at least three brits on a two-way deal and that way you're then getting three of your lower quality brits who if they were on a bench for an elite league game would only probably get 30 seconds a game that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but We're not talking more than two or three shifts, because that's what we were seeing happen at times in Sheffield with the likes of Kieran Brown, Alex Graham, Cole Shudra, Liam Kirk for a time. You know, all of a sudden, if you had that kind of system in place, they're coming up, they're training with the big guys, they're training with the imports. They're going and getting the ice time in the NIHL and they're competing with the players that are on the roster. The problem at the moment is that other side of it isn't there.
1: I agree That's that the the, the, gaps, the gap is is, is still massive um, and I, I think if you look at a lot of the two ways across the league you notice in the, the press releases they're training with the adult club or the senior club instead of the training down there and is no disrespect yeah. to the NHL teams; they always are training with the Steelers, the Panthers or whoever's got the two ways they're training up so I, I get that, I agree with it um, again I just, just think it's it's an it's opportunity. The, it's,
0: I think it's an opportunity to I agree I agree with that I agree with that I don't I say I don't think the reduction in Brits in the elite league is a loss if the support systems were there for them to get more exposure to the top end hockey the problem is the support systems aren't there you guys talked about Antonov and the way that we got to see Antonov as soon as Luke Ferrara came in Antonov saw no ice time at all and that was in the elite series and this is the problem it's not just the Steelers it's not just the Panthers it's not just the Giants every team is doing the same thing they're prioritizing those players and it's like you say it is exactly that issue again the biggest problem that i say every time we talk about development in british hockey is the goaltending and that's never going to change because the problem is the only way you could do it is turn around and say something like the challenge cup you're only allowed a brit netminder. minder it's the only way you could do it because no team is going to put a brit netminder minder in any league game unless they have to and I'll, I'll hold my hands up when i said i expect us to replace Brust, if he gets injured, that's me personally, because that's that's you, the thing.
1: But you're not on your own, mate. And a lot of fans, whether it's the Steelers fan with their important replaced or the Nottingham, it's it's a, teams across the league because that's the mindset that we've kind of grew up with with the elite league. It's like we're going to lose his import goalie that's replaced with. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it a, when I said it to you. Like, a oh no, 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 it's the mindset that we've kind of fell into.
0: That's just, that's what needs to change. Yeah. that's what I mean, the actual the the shift in itself to five Brits and bearing in mind the fact that that isn't, and this is the other issue, that doesn't mean you're only allowed five Brits, that means if you wanted to sign 12 imports, again the problem is no one's going to do it, the only teams that are going to do it are the teams that can't afford to sign 14 imports and this is your other problem, when it comes down to voting about all of this I'm kind of contradicting myself because I'm saying I don't think it's necessarily a backward step, but the teams that are voting for this There's more teams in our league now with a bigger budget than there are with a lower budget. And the problem is this system now benefits a bigger budget team because you can pay all you want for your imports. We're going to come to the rules in a bit, but one of the things that we're going to say is the ability to play another import if your imports are getting banned. That doesn't benefit Fife. It benefits Sheffield. It benefits Cardiff. Whether that's that they're going to bring in a, a top-end Brit, or whether that's we're going to see some imports being signed, because it's not—won't be the first time we've carried spare imports. This is this is the problem that we're seeing, and the thing is, when all of this goes down to a decision, it'll get pointed at that it's oh, it's Tony Smith because he's chairman of the league. These rules will have been voted on by every team, and the problem is, more teams now have a bigger budget than don't, which is good in terms of the progression. It's just not good in terms of when we're voting for something like this, they're going to go with what's going to get them the wins, not what's going to get the development. And I'll leave that point on exactly what Aaron Fox said at the um, the fan forum to us. Because I asked the question and said, have we got anything in place to give the development to Churchfield and Warburton so that when the likes of Ben Bounds step down and retire, we've got Brit Netminders that can take the place and play for GB. And his exact quote, and Dave and Andy, you can both vouch for this because you were sat there with me, I will always prioritise winning over development. That that tells you all you need to know.
3: Like you said earlier, Dave, I mean, I totally get where you're going from. It is the mindset that we're in, but we need to get out of it. We really need to get out of it for, for the future of the GB side. I mean, you go to a place like Czech Republic, uh, we're not always going to get the medals in the Olympics or in the world championships, but they are, they're up there, they're fast. And there's not many people, uh, on the teams in, in the extra league that are, that are, um, imports. And yet they are still very, very fast. And I, I'm sure, um, you all agree with me when, when, um, John Muse got injured during, during the league series and Warburton stepped in, Churchill stepped in. Well, that, 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 that save that Warburton made. I mean, we were all, in the room thinking, what just happened?
0: That was being shared by the NHL.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and this is giving you a glimpse of what could be, not just for goalies, but for anyone. I mean, if if you were someone who's played NIHL most of your life, you get a call up uh, to Belfast and you play along, you, you know, you get to play with Griffin Reinhardt, you get to play with Keaton nelby and Sheffield. If you're a player like that, you can have one-to-one time with these players, and then you can say, "You know what? I learned this from someone who's playing the NHL. I learned this from someone who's playing the KHL that I never knew before. I'm, I'm going to take that into the, ne- into the next game. I'm going to try it, and let's never do it." And everyone's just stunned because that's come out of nowhere, you know. And and th- it needs to be thought about the future. It's all about you know it's it, it's all about saying here and now winning winning all that stuff. It, it has to change, and there's a number of ways that you can that, that that it can. I mean, if you bring a bring in a farm system for the Brits, uh, every club has an N H L team that's in the elite league. So if you if you, if you're a Brit uh, and you can have that sort of farm system, where say if uh, one player gets injured and lose lose a bit of confidence, you go down and see an IHL, You get the confidence back. Someone gets to, to move up because they played well and they showed themselves. That's where you get the competition from. And if Brits have got a competition, you can guarantee that, that they're going to improve because they're going to try and fight for that spot. And that's, and that's what it's about. There's a lot, there's a lot of Brits that it, it, it sounds horrible, but it's true in a way. There's a lot of Brits in the Elite League that have that sort of free ticket because they they know what they are, you know. Um, they've got that skill because there's a lot below them that are not getting that chance apart from the Elite Series. And this is where you need to find that competition and that's how you're going to improve as a league, as a country, for the future of this sport. And, you know, that's what's going to make... More British people want to play the game because one thing for me as an outsider, when you're watching Premier Sports, you're seeing, you know, interviews from coaches. They're all Canadian. They're all Canadian, or they're all American. You know, there's not that, you know, home feel with a lot, a lot of clubs. If, if, if you know what I mean, if, if it's certain people, there's not that home feel. And I think if you're going to encourage more people to take up the sport you need homegrown heroes and there's a lot at the moment in GB obviously because where they are now but if, if in a few years when they retire and then you don't have that because you thought oh bringing imports is more important than developing people in your own country then you're going to lose that interest you're going to lose that straight away but there's so many things that you can bring in to create that competition and then, if, as soon as you can do that and find that way, you, you're up there. You're set. And I really do think that's something that is missing. To be honest with you, the,
0: the problem with it is that it's the it, to me the way that we can better progress, and it sounds like an obvious thing, but the way that we can better progress the Brits doesn't fall down to the elite league. It falls down to British ice hockey as a whole. It falls down to getting that system in place. It, we've either got this one of two ways that we can do this we as a fan base as a whole and when i say fan base i don't mean of a team i mean of a, of a league we have to lower our expectations very very slightly and only at the start because what will happen is it'll pay dividends we lower our expectations the league then feels like they can drop the brit the import numbers and increase the brit numbers and then the brits that are playing you actually sit there and go oh this is better than i thought that's one issue that's one way of doing it and that's the like i say what i said about Aaron Fox it's not a criticism on him his job is he's been brought in to win he's been brought in to win on a fan base that every single time you'll see any video with any new player will say 40 times we're a club that expects to win so it's not a criticism on him that's his job but that's that's where our mentality's gotten us to The only other way it will change, and this is the better way that it will change, is for British ice hockey to go, we need to work out how to bridge the gap between the NIHL and the Elite League and how to give every team a farm team, like you've said. It's the only way they can do it because then, like you say, there's players that can then go, they can go and train with the Steelers and go and train with Keaton Ellaby. They can go and train with Belfast and go and train with Reinhardt. They can go and train with Cardiff and pick up from players like, whether that be Colt Samford and players like that. Mickelson or whatever his name is or whether that be players like Richardson because they're also players that have got that, that experience that can teach the younger guys but then like you say they could go oh I've picked this up go and apply it at a lower level in the league below work on that better it and then they come back up to the, the elite league and they can put that into practice and they can go right this is what I can do Aaron, Aaron Fox in every interview that I, pretty much every interview that I've listened to at the start of this year Since, like, training camp and things like that, or that podcast video thing that they put on. Every time anybody's mentioned anything about the likes of Cole Shudra, Brandon Whistle, Churchfield, Warburton, he's always said, we like to have competition within the ranks. You know, and he's always said, if Cole Shudra comes in and he's playing better than one of the guys, we'll put him in. That's what we want. But I'd be lying if I said I could see it happening. And that's the problem. Because it's too much of a risk. You look at Liam Kirk, the biggest achievement in British ice hockey, a Brit signing an entry-level contract in the NHL. And I take nothing away from him on that. Why did he get that chance? Firstly, because Paul Thompson came in and started to introduce the apprenticeships. He then got a pro contract at the right time to be eligible for the NHL draft. Why did he get ice time? Because we had injuries. And we had to step him up because we had a lot of injuries. And one of the games where he had to step it up, there happened to be a few scouts there. And I'm not saying by any means it was lucky for Kirk, because Kirk's got exactly where he has for his own effort, his own hard work, and he well deserves to be there. But that's not how it should work. You know, Alex Graham, Cole Shudra, and I'm only naming our players because they're the first ones that come into my head. You know, they should be. Awarded the chance to play for the team and do it properly but every time Cole Shooter steps on the ice for the, for the Steelers or recently every time he steps on the ice for the Steelers he's taking a penalty half the time he's taking a penalty because he's busted his ass that much to try and get back because he's a D-man and he's trying to make an impact in the game that he's maybe gone over that line that's not how it should be he should be stepping on the ice and playing his game and showing that he deserves to be there not thinking if i don't do something this shift i'm not going to play for the rest of the game that's that's the problem and that's that's the element that i think the five brits takes out because the players that are on that roster in theory should be playing proper minutes the problem is there's not that development side behind it to then push them up to that so that's why every time i read people saying oh it's it's a it's a backward step. I don't think it's a backward step was the de- with the development side in there. But is it helpful for Cole Shooters to sit on the Steelers bench and play thirty seconds a game? No. Simple so as that.
3: You can still have that expectation of winning. It's just that like if if that input limit was to drop, you'd obviously look at your imports and who you can get. And mm-hmm. you know uh, there's, there's a lot of good Brits in the core already. If if you can, you know, decide one of those Brits then you're in good hands. So you can still have that competition.
0: Fully agree. And that's like you say, if you drop the import limits for the whole league, it's not going to affect your chances of winning anyway because every single team is going to be in the same boat. But the problem is then it's then affecting, in theory, it's then affecting the quality. And that's the, the problem is, because of the difference between the two leagues, there is a difference in the players. And that's the issue. There is a difference between Alex Graham and Robert Dowd that's a bad example because of the age differences and things like that, but you look at the two players that have had the chance, one player's had the chance to play the whole time, one player hasn't there's a huge difference if you then put them on a line together you'd be sitting there and going, god he looks bad, he looks behind it wouldn't take long for that to change but no one's going to afford it, the chance to change, that's the problem it's that, you know that that's we we want to be climbing as a league you see t- teams enter into the CHL that's great but like we said we're forgetting about GB yeah. um without i mean you guys probably could speak better because i don't i didn't watch at that point but my understanding was that was the level that it got to at the super league level which was that it was just climbing and climbing and climbing bringing in the big big pay players and then all of a sudden not sustainable. Whether that's financially, whether that's from a
1: from a domestic level. Probably a bit of both, but more financially definitely. Yeah. There was a couple of times teams spent a million pounds on a season, on a team, and you're like
2: five hundred K on one player.
1: Yeah. And he didn't win you a league. Um He did. Did he? I thought it was spent on the year that we did the Grand Slam. So money well spent. But Yep. <laughs> Scratch that actually. I was ironing that
2: that was the season of the Grand <laughs> Slam. We had him for. I think it was like two years, maybe. Uh, that we just quickly go on to Elite Prospects.
1: But yeah, the, what you're saying there, a lot of money was spent uh, when the money went coming in. Yeah.
2: Three seasons. We had him. When was your Grand Slam again?
1: Uh, 2000-2001.
2: Yeah, that was the last season he played for us.
1: Ah, oh, so. You were right.
2: <laughs> we didn't win a league then, though. <laughs> no.
0: The, the The interesting thing for me going forward with this is, they've said it's because of Covid, they've said it's to cut costs. So is it going to change next year? Who knows? Because if it's for Covid and it's for one year, as much as we can't follow the logic, if it's for one year, fine. I just can't see him.
1: Now can I. But room for us to be surprised.
0: True, very true. Do we do we have? Because again, we could go on about this forever. Do we have anything else that we want to add on this, or are we going to move on? Seeing shaking heads. We're not on video, guys. It's a podcast. Sorry. Um. I've got new rules written down now, and I'm really happy about one of these new rules. I can't can't lie. Um, You see all the videos, the pictures going up of the ice this year. Um, And one thing that completely escaped my notice, and I don't know if any of you gents noticed it, did not notice the lines behind the net at all. And then all of a sudden I saw a tweet from Pete Spencer saying, oh, yeah, um, the Elite League are now doing the trapezoid. And I've been saying this for years: we need to do the trapezoid. So I'm buzzing.
1: Well, there you go, Joe. Your wish is the league's command.
0: Exactly. See, it's only about five years short, but yeah, it's fine.
1: I think it's kind of part of the, the IIHF standardisation rulebook across the whole of the, the IIHF playing nations. So I think you'll see. So you didn't have it in the DEL. You didn't have it in the SHL. Uh, and you didn't have it. or you may have had it in the KHL. But I don't recall it being in the KHL. It it been in the it. has it been in the KHL? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Then. Cheers. Cheers. How much KHL I've watched for a
0: while. <laughs> I'm shaking my head.
1: <laughs> I, I've watched a couple of games this season, and I didn't even. I'm not gonna. I am not going i did not even notice it was there. Um. But, but the the point of the, the rule book is is kind of now encompassing everybody, so you kind of have a standardized point. Fair play. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, I've
0: loved to see some of the complaints from people about and some of them have been because people are presuming that Barry Brust's a really good puck handler and so all of a sudden every whinging saying oh I presume that the teams were told before they started making the signings, no they were told at the same time the tweet went out, none of the teams knew, it's already on the ice that none of the teams knew that they were going to do the trapezoid I
2: mean they're not Vegas with Marc-Andre Flora Ooh.
0: That's wrong to see. I can't see
3: it. He does um, see on Bruss' uh, prospects page that like, he's a good book handler. But it's the end bit that I love because he's known to be a bit of a hothead, though. He's <laughs> 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 like, it's like a comma in between the
1: But now the trapezoid limits <laughs> the space he can be a hothead on. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> now, the, the, the one thing that I've seen people complaining about is the restriction on good puck handling goalies. And the comments were what happens if you get a goalie who's as good at puck handling as Martin Brodeur and they can't do it because of the trapezoid? Just sit there and think, well believe it or not, Martin Brodeur had to play with the trapezoid.
1: So yeah. <laughs> So so hockey player adapts to new rules? In other news what, in, in other news Waters were um it's like any sportsman, and any you know, any new rule change. You just adapt. If you adapt, you stay. If you don't, thanks for coming. Yeah, you know, as, as as daft as that sounds, that is exactly what will happen. And and all the people, all the players who will now be playing trapeze for first time, they'll be watching the, the NHL for years. The goals will be like, okay, right, I can't go there. I can't go there. I've oh, you know waiting what? for this moment. The, the goals like, ah, oh, the defenders. You do more work. Marvelous! <laughs> I'll just
2: stay in my train and watch the game. I mean, this is where we just go. Oh, great! Me and Joe, being the defenders.
0: It's a, it's a killer for people that are on the uh, on the power play because all the PKs need to do is just aim for that corner where the goalie well, can't play the puck out, I and mean, it not no out. There was a few times it happened in the playoffs i don't know whether it was because the because the boards were just completely dead but there were a few times where there was a clearance and it hit the boards and just dropped in the Travis <laughs> was sitting there going this is incredible like you see it's in the corner the goal is literally standing there like i can't
1: do anything <laughs> it's quality but you know i i don't mind it it's gonna make it entertaining but just like all rules um people will understand it, they won't understand it and they'll enjoy the hockey or not enjoy the hockey you know, kind of however they want it But elite, I, will, I will say this one thing the rule changes in how the Elite League has um, presented it to the fan bases, I actually think it's been really good, so kudos to the Elite League um, for doing that um, and, and some of the video guys. it's been done well
0: i was i, I like i did like that because they did put a good explanation out because sometimes you get some rule changes and you're sitting there going what <laughs> What's, what are they on about <laughs> this one actually they did explain quite well i don't know it. it's not going to make the world a difference to a game but you know it's, it's just it's something and also do you know when the top league are doing it? it can't be a bad rule no. In theory,
1: I'll in theory, when a the top lot of stuff filters so through long. from the top league. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. just filters through. So, but yeah. I don't know if we've got. Bring on the, to on, we to got on the
0: trapezoid! I guess that's going to be amazing. I know this is true. This is true. Can't we're going to for... have in net on Sunday. I don't think, by all accounts, I don't know if Brust's arrived yet.
1: I Don't what
3: think what? he has. There's nothing, nothing on social media about it we
0: will you know have a goalie. I mean? Our fan base are going to be back on there. We're having Churchfield and Warburton as a starting netminder.
3: Warburton
1: promised time for Bratton.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh God, that's going to be even worse. We're going to end up with some like 17-year-old kid who comes in and makes a good save and then that's it. He's going to be a starting netminder for the next 10 years. It's, oh, <laughs> Can't be dealing with social media.
3: Is that a good fact? Come on. Oddly fact the, the trapezoid rule first appeared in the in the NHL in the 2005-2006 season.
1: Were that Ooh, the first season me. after the lockout? It,
3: it was this year. year. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Bit of uh, trivia for you there.
1: Thank you very much,
0: Andy. You're very welcome. Oh, I just realised what we've not had for a while. I feel like we've replaced Stafford stories with Stafford stats. <laughs>
1: We're it, Andy. You've now got a new job. Oh,
3: I've, I've got.
1: I just had the, the disclaimer that this doesn't this
0: doesn't replace Stafford stories. stories.
3: Um, <laughs> I've run out of those for the time being. But
0: <laughs> um, have we got anything else to add on trapezoid? I'm conscious we are well okay. over the two-hour mark already, gents. So I'm just trying to speed us up a bit now. Have we got any more rules to discuss? I think the only other rule was about if a player gets banned, then you can replace them with another player. I don't understand. I
1: think that's nice. another
3: conversation. That's, of a that's day. boring. That, that's boring. that could
0: on. be. <laughs> if, ever, if ever there's been a rule change which is leveled as just rabbit hole for us to get <laughs> cause that, because I feel like that's just, yeah. We'll that, that, that could be
1: a lengthy one, that um, conversation. Yeah, could. That one. Um, could. Let's.
0: We're going to breeze past that, because I can't take who's trying to end the podcast for an hour again, like, <laughs> um, we've got any other rule changes or we're going to skip straight on Dave oh, that was like through the keyhole David it's over to you that's a very old reference
1: very um, old reference yes
0: CHL mate CHL
1: oh you know the world's healing when the C H L. liberally
0: use the word claggenfert
1: <laughs> yeah use that but I don't um, so we've had four uh, game days done um, I'll just go through highlights Instead of going for all the scores, we'll, we'll we'll give Cardiff a bit of time. Don't worry, Cardiff fans. Um, we'll talk about your one game week. Everyone is selfie. Don't worry. Um, Zorg enjoyed themselves against uh, Um Nineteen goals for, three goals against in the two games. Um, bit of a shock result for me. Uh, Tapere Tampere uh, beating Berlin six one. Um, a result that uh, Gref would have been happy with. Zurich beating uh, champions Frerlunda. Um in Zurich, remember, says
2: right, correct.
1: Thank the you. Question is whether Gareth's raving over that
0: or Cristiano Ronaldo signing for United. We all know anymore. it's Ronaldo. Let's, let's <laughs> we'll
1: try yeah, that. It one. is Ronaldo. Um, uh, a team making their debut, I think, that, in the CHL, and a team that's close because we've been there before to me, Joe, and Andy Rungstead getting their first wins in the competition against Donetsk, uh, both home and away. Um, and another team that we're fans of, just because of the name, Friskaska, um, getting their first win oi, of the season um, on a penalty shot win against Bolzano, um, another team with Sheffield Steelers reference. If you want to look at a nice penalty shot to win a game, that's the game to go. Bolzano v Friskaska, lovely um, penalty shot to win that game for the Norwegians. So that's Is going that the to one ca- you show buzz? May have. Okay, Might yeah, have. Okay. Could have. Go on the CHL website or CHL social media, it'll be on there, um, along with some Loves, other, games, other sources are available. Other sources available available. Um, was it Barbecue. Zurich? Was it Zurich and, who was the crazy game that me and you watched, Gref? where it Helsinki, just went...
2: It? Yeah, IFK Helsinki.
1: That's it, IFK Helsinki, where it just got a bit crazy.
2: Ten penalty minutes within the last 20 seconds of the game. Yeah,
1: yeah that's highlights worth watching as well. Um, or, if you just find, there is on YouTube the full length of the game, just move it towards the end and you get to watch it all in its glory. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. The (laughs) best way to describe it is just like, there's no rhyme or reason, but...
2: All-time hockey.
1: Yeah, well, not really, because the gloves stayed on. on Gloves on fights. Out of the six players involved in altercations, one player dropped the gloves. But I've (laughs) watched watched a, a, a good tilly with both gloves on in the Connell Cup final many years ago in Grenoble, so it happened um, Cardiff start, I felt a bit sorry for Cardiff, I've said it done no pre-season games no games at all, and you go up against Alder one of the top teams in Europe what preparation, I appreciate COVID will prevent it, but uh, not the team you want to start against um, and it showed in their, their first game loss against them but fair play to to the Devils. They beat uh, Lausanne for uh, one. Member says we're right. Um, they've lost again in the away games in, in Mannheim and a close loss at uh, the Vaudoise Arena, a place that me and Griff should have been, but thank you COVID. Uh, in Lausanne, I think we're two 0 Yes, two 0 with yeah. an empty net. Empty net. Um, so Cardiff are they're not out of it. But I think it's fair to say that yeah, they're not going to make the next stage. So to quick go through the groups after four games. Um, you this thought, is a bit um, we like. So, uh, Group A, Penguins Bremerhaven, uh, top of the table with the uh, Lakers. Sparta Prague are or with Vexel, with seven points, so that'll be interesting. Turku, yeah, you've done. Thank you very much. Uh, group B, uh, for London, Gothenburg and IFK Helsinki on 8 points with Zurich on 7 points. mladen uh, Bolazav on 1 point. Um, I, yeah, they'll not make the next stage. Uh, Group C is Cardiff's uh, Alder and Lukurama on 8 points. Uh, Lausanne 5. I, th- I think it's the Germans and the Finns that'll go for the next stage. I can't see Lausanne getting um, sufficient wins against Manahein. Really don't. But you never know. Group D, Red Bull Munich, uh nine points. Rogler from Sweden, their first uh venture into the CHL on eight points, with Zug on seven points, so I'm not sure who picks up. Sundiseker from Denmark, point. Thank you uh, very much. Group E, uh Tapera Tampere on ten points, with Lojano, uh seven points. Skilefia six points in Berlin on one point. i that's a bit of a shock that. Genuinely disappointed with that. Group F, I uh, see the first two teams qualify uh, with Fribourg and members so of like the first time this year tell, Lexand um, oh, Ben O'Connor's previous team, uh, both won all four games, uh, with Trinic and Slovan uh with nothing. I didn't expect Slovan get anything, but I'm surprised with Trinek not getting a single thing. Then, Joe's favourite team Klagenfurt on the top yes. of Group G. With a surprise mix with the rest of them. So Klagenfurt will go through. But then you've got Donbass Donetsk uh, from the Ukraine. You've got Rungsted, And you've got uh, Rouen from the north of France. So Donetsk, Rungsted on five points, Rouen four. Christ knows who's going to get the other spot. Um, That's a definite roll the dice and and hope for the best. And then the last group stage, uh, sorry, the last group in the group stage, they have their qualifiers straight through. Um... Red Bull Salzburg and Bolzano have qualified uh, with Friskaska and um, JKH from Poland. Um, they're on one point. Um, so the next set of games are the 13th 20th of October. Uh, and you'll see the teams to make the, the playoffs. Um missed some nice goals, some nice saves, nice penalty shots, um, some intriguing hits. Um, just a standard first four games in
0: the CHL. Who honestly thought it was a good idea to name a team Frisk Asker? I can't get (laughs) past this point. Their head of PR must be absolutely wetting themselves.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll tell you something now. Penguins, Bremerhaven. I mean... Just sweeping, the yeah, that show and uh, TPS Turku. I mean,
1: another team that's, that's their DL, yeah, the DL, but I'm not yeah. having it. Yeah. It used to be Krefeld, no, yes.
3: Oh, no, no, it's a different team,
1: no, a different team, different yeah. team yeah. Oh, I thought the logo
3: looked the like. same, similar.
1: No, um, surprise, Turku, surprise, just done nothing in that group, um. For me, the, the surprise is actually the Swedish teams, excluding for London, because, well, for London. Um, but Rogler and Lexand, um, which you really wouldn't have expected, given the Swedes not fully embracing the CHL, to actually go well. And they've, actually had some good, they've had some good attendances as well, which makes a massive difference. Um, so, Yeah. Group I think Group G is going to be the interesting one in October with Donetsk, uh, Rungsted and run I think Donetsk had like they had to play the games in Kiev um, and there's like I think like five six thousand. I watched one I think it was against I think it was against Rouen and just the atmosphere was crazy. They were just absolute off the charts. It was real. It's worth watching the highlights just for the for the atmosphere. And I think that'll be the one that you kind of go right. If we need to watch anything, let's watch them. But Cardiff have games against uh, uh, Lukarama. Good looking. Uh, Godspeed to anybody trying to get up to there. I remember when Panthers played the first year and they had uh, Lulia and Lukarama. And it was like, Lulia was alright-ish. It was against Lukarama. It's not far from the North Pole. It's like the really north of Finland. So, yeah. That's the CHL. All being well, there'll be more news in the next month or so about the Conti Cup, which will... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed fans can get out there. Um, This is obviously Steelers will be in Denmark. And and, uh, all being well, I think all four of us, uh, if fans are allowed, I think all four of us. I know there's three, but I think we've got Griff along, so... Maybe we need to do some uh, MFZ European... uh,
0: interesting Instagram lives. Yes. We'll go with that. Have they got terraces there? That's what I'm really hoping
1: for. I think it's a new arena in so I think it's all oh, seating.
0: Okay. All right. It's probably not a bad thing after what happened last time. Yeah, that's true. I want to know if they're going to give toasters and kettles out for the Man of the Match Awards. Oh, was
1: brilliant, weren't it? You go all around Europe and, and, and you see Man of the Match with beer or something. Toasters.
0: Robert Dowd skating off with his kettle. That was just priceless. (laughs) That and seeing the guy doing his lunges in the penalty box.
1: If if ever, so, we we are going off a tangent, shock horror. If ever we do an MFZ live where people can actually go and listen, ask questions about Rungstead and that trip because you'll get some good stories. That's That's not probably repeatable on the podcast that goes onto the platforms. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
3: That's probably true. My favourite bit has to be uh, when I think it was Westling who, who got the over, the overtime on penalty shot goal. And, uh, Joey, you flung your arms up in the air then you, you, your feet sort of gave way. So I you're step- falling down and then you just landed so elegantly on the, on the step. It
1: was, it was I think that I've was still the got the stains that on the back of the jersey. trying to ignore. I think we're trying to move away from that one, being told.
0: <laughs> I still have the stains on the back of the jersey. <laughs> tells us tells us Rungstead Stain the Rungstead Stain <laughs> oh dear right am I'm, again I'm conscious of time Um, I think we've got have we got anything else to add on CHL or European trips of, of any form um, no dump sound right I've got one last thing written down which is sponsor so I'm going to throw it over to Dave I've done that quite a lot today
1: you have yeah you can tell the people who talk better um, what well, so, in yeah.
0: fairness? In fairness, this is when when you said to sponsor and I said what team?
1: <laughs> yeah, so, that was a very good
0: point. <laughs> it's our team.
1: So as you can see, so again, check the Instagram in the next forty hours. You'll see a photo of the uh, the video chat, and you'll see hopefully by Andy's as I'm looking at uh, left shoulder, you'll see the logo on the Steelers shirt. Now that obviously we didn't go on the elite series. But, Other, way, Other way, Andy. Other way. There we go. <sighs> like oh no, not, not much like. um it we didn't pay for it. It was just put on we did the face of the crowd, we've got in his favourite colours. Um <laughs> however, there will be a jersey this season and the next two that will have the MSZ logo on um in shock development because all four of us play for that team. Um we, as a podcast, will be sponsoring the Sheffield Knights Ball Hockey Club and we will periodically um, promote and pimp the hell out of ball hockey on this podcast. Um, we will avoid it when Joe actually finds the back of the net. Um, whoa, we'll talk whoa, about whoa. Hold the phone. No, we will. not Hold the phone. We will not hold the phone. We've got finally finds the back of we've the, got the net. We've got the, we've got the deep, hold the, my bear. Yeah, hold the bear. Yeah, go on. <laughs> um... jokes aside um, we've decided we'll we'll do some competitions we'll try and uh, make a bit of money for the club um, because obviously our four of us play for it so it's important Um, who knows we may do a few things and get a couple of players who aren't in this four may do a one-off instead of the Fab Four the Fab Five who knows Um, but yeah so you'll see the MSZ link
0: on the podcast I'm not on that episode
1: (laughs) 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 again we ever do an MSN live in fact we've got to do it this season Tom Link, ask Tom Link. F Force. F Force. No. No. No, that could be that's da- 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 that's too dangerous. That. Um, dangerous. It could be dangerous, but no, we're gonna do that. We're gonna help with listeners raise some money for the club, um, and promote the game in the country because um, it is played all around the UK and Scotland uh, and in Belfast uh, and in the south of the country. It's well represented and in Nottingham. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a sport that's uh, doing bits, and uh, this podcast is, is jumping on the bandwagon. So you'll see our yeah, wonderful NSF logo. David yeah, yeah, so I was to say the amount of NHLs you see recently, like Pasternak, did rocks up play ball hockey.
3: It was a there you one go. time, no.
1: And a true story, Canada's 2014 Olympic campaign started with a two-week training camp ball hockey. You had Sidney Crosby, Bergeron, all the top stars making millions of dollars. Playing ball like for two weeks before they even touched
3: the ice. This is a true story. there's a former Canucks player, um Burrows. Alex Burrows. Alex Burrows. Yeah, he literally gave up playing ice to play ball. Yeah. Oh.
1: You find a load of top NHL players will actually will credit their younger years playing ball. So I'm not doing the next one, but one podcast down the line we may do a bit of interesting info on the sport. And we'll give Joe the chance to talk about his goal scoring prowess. See, there you go, Joe.
0: See, you use the word prowess. That's like.
2: Uh... I mean, it's pass the ball to Joe. Joe one times it. It's in the net. Mm. It's not really prowess. I
1: mean, if it's not broke, mm. don't fix it. Mm. Depends what your definition of net is. If it's the netting from the school hall, that's that's tied behind the back of the net, yeah. Um,
0: Sorry, we'll not. Whoa, let's <laughs> let's not get on to missing the net and hitting the posts showing off.
1: But yeah, it's um it is a sport that's, that's growing in this country and this podcast is sponsoring the, the Sheffield Knights. Um so yeah, we'll uh, maybe next month we'll probably do a competition. Who knows? No
0: so, On that note, gents, I think it's about as good a time as any to wrap up. So seeing nods We'll obviously put this out as and when. I'm not quite sure yet when, <laughs> um, but to find out when and any more information about the next episode, because God knows when that's going to be. Imagine shouldn't be too long now, gents. We've got hockey to talk about again. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but yep, yeah, keep keep following us on social media. It's uh, My Fancies and Podcast on Facebook, at Podcast on Twitter, and as per the usual, I can't remember what the Instagram is. <laughs> MSF, MSF podcast, podcast again yeah. okay, it's MSF podcast on Instagram you'll probably see a nice picture of the four of us that I will screenshot from an awkward point <laughs> of the recording of this podcast again. Um, again yeah so yeah but thank you to everybody listening I was just about to say Dave thank you very much and I saw you taking this swig of your uh, star apartment the beers are available um,
1: <laughs>
0: Dave thank you very much
1: Thank you Joe, thank you Gref, thank you Andy thank you to everyone who's listened we need pre-season guys um, we were rusty but we got there in the end um, so well done guys um, but that was a lot of fun the normal length was uh, applied to the, the uh, podcast, two two hours plus
0: hashtag the MFZ way
1: uh, that's it, yeah exactly um, so we'll uh, who are we kidding, try and shrink, shrink it, it's not going to happen nah, it was great to be chatting hockey with you guys and be able to watch hockey soon um, that's getting better. Now, better thank it's you very great. much um, all of you and to those listening and still listening now <sighs> early candidates for well MGP status yeah
0: pre-season awards are coming in again for anybody that's still listening at this point <laughs> <laughs> Gref I don't know which one of you I'm addressing I have a picture of you in a Steeler shirt so I'm presuming it's that one uh, thank you very much
2: sir it's not that one but thank you very much Thanks for having me. Thanks to Dave, staff, to myself.
1: <laughs> Wonderful <laughs> Tash, mate. I mean,
3: it's the more look.
1: It's I'm envious because I can't do a Tash that many people know. I,
3: I, I'm amazed because he said all that without even moving your lips. So, was
1: I know, but it's like a ventriloquist. The the <laughs> greff in
0: the Steelers shirt is, is moving the lips of the greff above him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rabbit hole. We're not going to go down. (laughs) Thank you. Other holes are available. Gents, I'm not spiraling to taking an hour to finish a podcast again. I am not... I'm not... I'm not delving into spending an hour trying to finish a podcast again. Andy, thank you very much for that, because you just made it a hell of a lot more difficult not to
3: laugh. You're very welcome. Um... Well, yeah, well, did well, quite well, um quite the way that I was hoping that um anyway um thank you very much uh Joe thanks Dave thanks uh to Gref one and uh the true real Gref uh and everyone for listening you are the real goats because obviously there's no Joe Martin anymore so there you go and there's <laughs> lines in points <laughs> so
0: yeah no. ending it on a sad note with no goat we need to find a new goat gents we do should we put a vote out we'll find we someone more- we will. we will anyway as everybody said already thank you thank you guys it's, it's been enjoyable to get behind the mic again and, and think about the fact that hockey's coming back um anybody that's listening so far or up to this point so far i think we're at the end anyone who's listening up to this point um congratulations i don't know how you've done it and uh hopefully if nothing else we've given you something to laugh about um but yeah another episode of my fancy zamboni thank you very much everybody